Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. going on guys it's your boy darren gilliam aka black flags matter back for another edition of the nascar weekly podcast we have the usual panel here and hey look we already have damn near over 200 people watching less than five minutes in so let's get right into it oh daytona <laughs> daytona daytona happened everybody uh it was insane it was chaotic and we have a new winner so that now means 15 different winners 16 or, or excuse me 16 different winners that's right 16. if you count kurt yeah oh yeah if you count kurt that's right 16 do we different count winners. kurt at this you, point you gotta count as <laughs> Come on, give him something he's yeah. had such a rough month he's had such a rough go of it so we'll just give it to him so basically 16 different winners um, now the playoff field is set, but before we get into the playoffs, let's talk about Daytona. Jarrett, you did a whole video on it already. Let's just just start us off, man. Just what are your thoughts on it? Man, you're dropping me off into the deep end. Um, <laughs> where do we start? I mean, I'll, I'll say what I said on uh, on Sunday and Monday. Like the racing itself, I didn't have a problem with. Like I thought that that it was a typical super speedway race with the next gen cars racing wise. Um, it looked like once again, handling is becoming more and more of a, of an issue for some drivers getting loose out of some corners and, and having to check up. And that's what caused some of the accidents was a lot of checkups. Um, especially that one that came off turn two, where like the entire bottom lane just like turned into an accordion and all crashed. Uh, but so on, on that respect, the racing itself wasn't bad. It was what kind of sporadically was put through the day of events 
that uh, I think people are a little more upset at personally. That that's my take on it. I don't because I if if you just took out the context of of the big one with twenty like twenty three to go, and then ignored probably like a majority of the when they went back to green, I think people would be completely fine with it. Uh, but I get why people aren't. I, I get we'll get into that. But racing wise, I was pretty happy. Yeah, and Eric, uh, just just um just on the racing side of things, what were your thoughts? And we'll get into the other stuff in a little bit. Yeah, I'm with Jared. The racing was very good up until the the rain freak shower hit in turn one. Uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I have nothing really else to add. It was good. I mean, you didn't see too many crashes. A couple decent ones. Luckily, Chase Briscoe's car stayed on the ground because that one looked like that could have been a much bigger crash than it was. Few here and there. Um, Blaney getting damaged early on really added a, a unique wrinkle to the whole race um, because he came in with a 25 point lead over Truex and we just saw that lead consistently shrink as Truex was gaining stage points and Blaney was five laps down. So, you know, there was something to watch at the back of the pack, something to watch at the front of the pack until the storm hit. And we'll talk about that in a second. Danny, I don't know. What did you, you make of the racing? Was it typical super speedway stuff or something more, something less? Yeah, it's just same old Daytona. It's like this point, it's going to be hard to make it not same old Daytona, but, you know, we'll get into more how the crashes are impacted this new car in a little bit. That's that's the big thing. That's big takeaway from this one. Yeah, there's a lot of big takeaways. I mean, all right, so let's let, let's just get right into one of them. I mean, first of all, the rain. Once again, Daytona has become the world center of raining, not racing once again. And I mean, Jared, you made this point back in, I think it was either 2018, 2019-ish, something like that, like that moving this race closer to hurricane season would be a bad idea. Well, well it's not closer. It's, it's, in, in, it's in, in hurricane season. It's in, season. It's in the peak. Me. Excuse me. In the peak of um, hurricane season, excuse me, would be a bad idea. And yeah, you're right on the money so far. I, well, I mean, it's Florida. We all knew in general it would rain. So I'm not going to say it was like a slam dunk pick by any means uh, in thinking that. I think what what really needs to be taken away here is how NBC handled it and leading up to the weekend. Because right around now is when NASCAR said, like towards the end of this year or after this year, when they're going to start negotiating the new deal uh, for after this current one in 2024 expires. And seeing how NBC leading up to it blacked out most of the major markets uh, in Florida for the Bucks game, like a preseason game, or in other major markets more than usual. And then NASCAR was put on CNBC, even though IMSA got, you know, a time slot on USA. It's kind of telling, I think. And I think it's not something to read too far into, but it is really interesting to see NBC's actions uh, as a network. Their, their broadcast is just fine. It's really good, honestly. Uh, but as a network, it's very interesting to see what NBC is kind of doing treatment-wise with NASCAR uh, with this whole thing. Yeah, and, and Eric, do you think NBC could have handled that a little bit better? Or, or were they right on the money to schedule it on like on uh, CNBC and then have IMSA be on USA? So the first part about that Jared just mentioned about blacking it out in like I think Tampa, Orlando, and then I, I, and I, I think I, that, those are the main ones in Florida. I know there are a couple I, others, but it was actually some of it covered near Daytona as well uh, uh-huh. because uh, I know a few people from IDK's lobbies that are from around there that are like, oh yeah, it's out here too. So yeah, it's like, I, that that is 
questionable. I know what it really speaks to, I think more than NASCAR, because we've seen ratings have gone up this year. Um, it speaks to the dominance of the NFL still over everything. And uh, even though Tom Brady's not playing, if it's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers named on it, I guess that gets priority. Um, that's surprising considering the amount of promotion this race got. I was opening up. Um, I, I used the score as much as I used the athletic for my like sports stuff. And uh like all week long, I'd open it up and they had a big front page ad that every user saw before they could actually use the app. And it was NASCAR, Daytona, Last Chance, NBC. So simultaneously, I think they were promoting this race more so than you know a lot of races because it is a big marquee event. Uh, but then blacking it out in key markets, I, it's, it, you're getting mixed messages. Uh, as far as Sunday, I think they did the best they could. I understand not wanting to move IMSA from its already set time slot and channel. They had that USA slot, I imagine, you know, scheduled out months, if not years in advance. Uh, so moving them to CNBC while it sucks, I think they did what they had to do to ensure they could give NASCAR a full day of coverage because that's what they did. NASCAR was on CNBC from 10 a.m. Eastern until whenever the race ended. When was that, like six, mm-hmm. something like that? Give or take. It was constant, constant NASCAR, whether it was a replay, whether it was live coverage, the rain, they were NASCAR all the time. And they couldn't have done that on USA. And they definitely couldn't have done that on the flagship NBC. So um, they scheduled it that way to give them the full day in case of rain came. Uh, I don't have a real problem with how they managed it Sunday. It just, yeah, sucks that it got rained out. If I'm not mistaken, though, last year's race in August, the Xfinity race got rained out. The cup race did not get rained out last year. Um, So one for two. I think that's kind of what you're going to average in Florida <laughs> over the summer. And the thing with CNBC, if it just makes sense. I mean, what are they going to take the place of on a Sunday on CNBC? Yeah. And they just talk about the markets. Markets are closed on weekends. So. Yeah. What was that guy? They no. kept some commercials for that one stock market guy. What was his name? Yeah. He was interesting. He was freaking me out a little. He was a little too intense. He was like, <laughs> give me 10 minutes and I will change your life. And I was uh, like, what is this? Guy? And the funny thing is that dude's usually wrong about it. Uh, I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. He's not very good, but uh, I, I will say it was funny. I turned it on beforehand and they were talking about some coins from the 1870s. And I'm like, I did saw that. I was like, really, God. we really are on like the dad See, channel. So y'all yeah. got the, y'all got the, the, uh, the very interesting commercials. Meanwhile, NBC sports streaming, just, it, it doesn't matter if it's side by side coverage or whatever. They play the same seven or eight commercials every single time on repeat, basically. So, uh, that was annoying to watch and stuff, especially for side by side coverage. Jim so. Kramer. That's who it was. He's not. That sounds very right. good. Yeah, job. just just that he wasn't even looking at the camera. He was looking like down here. Like <laughs> it just freaked me out a little bit. Scared me. Well, look, the rain was one thing and the broadcasting partners, you know, handling it, that's another. But you know, getting to the actual racing once again, hey, Austin Dillon, again, this is his what, his uh third career win, correct? Third career win, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So two at Daytona, one at Charlotte, right? Yeah. So third uh, and, and Texas. Texas. Oh, oh yeah. Texas fourth career cup series win. There you yeah, go. Yeah, gosh. So, so two of them at at the Daytona International Speedway. So, uh, Eric, start us off here. Hey, look, um, you know, entering the the, uh, the playoffs and the regular season points, Austin Dillon was just barely inside the top 20, uh, specifically 19th in the standings. And his win locks him in the playoffs and unfortunately bumps out Martin Trix Jr. at, at the end of the day. So... Hey, look, once again, it seems like we talk about this every year, you know, leading up to the playoffs, the whole playoff controversy here. I've seen some debate about it, but uh, what were your thoughts on the whole deal? I think, uh, I know Richard Childress is still upset with Tyler Reddick, but he better have given him a hug and a kiss on the mouth for helping Austin Dillon lock up for that 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 final restart. That was Junior junior blocking for senior, though. That was Junior blocking uh, for senior. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. I don't know where he restarted. Uh, I think Reddick was like 10th or something, but he worked his way up to – 
third and then got that put. I think he was in front of Gregson, maybe. I don't know how he got to second, but he had to pass a lot of cars. Austin Delano was first, held it for a while, fell back, got it back. Um, but Reddick's the one who had to drive through the field and and play defense for him, um, like a you know, 400 pound offensive lineman. You know, like he was fantastic and uh and locked it up for him. But as far as for Austin Dillon, what it means for him, you know. Sure, he was not consistent this year. Kind of had a down year. Was getting outrun by Reddick almost every week. Is he as deserving of a playoff spot as Martin Truex? No, he's not. He's the he he is the guy to blow up the winning year in this year. The way Michael McDowell kind of was last year. Um, so I don't know what to make of it. He he played the game right. He got he got the dub. I do think Austin Dillon gets a little too much hate. Um, he's not as good as as Tyler Reddick. Obviously, I don't have the number pulled up in front of me. I but do. since how, are, you, are you like how many I have, years he's made I have a chase? Uh, not that, but I, I have a, a funnier number, uh, well, especially my, after all you just said. Well, my number, I, I just know he's made the playoffs far more than he's missed the playoffs in his yes, Cup Series has. career, which is crazy to me. And I think he does deserve a little bit of credit for that. This year, had to kind of fluke a win to get it, but I don't know. I'm not going to so, hate on him. It was, it was good. He did what he had to do, and he got help from his teammate. Team effort. My uh, my stat number I have up here is sixteen point seven. What is the that, significance of that number? Sixteen point seven. Uh, it's his average finish, I guess. But correct. I, yeah. It is also the exact same average finish as Tyler Reddick this year. Whoa! <laughs> so he's they not, have done uh, exactly the same. He's not too wow. far off then. Wow! 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 Damn. Okay. I mean, Reddick's had some wacky moments, uh, but geez. no, he's just been more inconsistent. Like Austin Dillon's been consistently hovering around 16th, whether yeah. it's four four forward or four backwards. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's actually any less deserving than a couple guys that are behind him. Like Chase Briscoe, I think is probably the worst guy in there. If we want to talk about people taking up a spot, but where did because I, I thought Dylan, I think Dylan is officially the lowest guy in the regular season points of people who made it in, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's even behind Briscoe and Cinder. Actually, I could be wrong. Well, actually, hold on. Let me pull up the uh, point standings and I'll pull them up here on the well, podcast. Or, or Austin, do you have? Well, no, no. I'm just saying Austin Dylan has the same amount of top fives, but he has more top tens uh, this year than uh, Briscoe. Okay. Uh, and that's even with more DNFs too. So like when he's on track, he's outrunning Briscoe handily. So really quick, I have the playoff points on the screen. And yes, uh, Austin Dillon is in fact, um, he is the last guy in the uh, playoffs. He is one point uh, behind Alex Bowman and Austin. Well, that's, well, that's based points. on playoff points. Yeah, I'm talking about like in terms of if you just added up like win- almost Winston Cup style for the oh. first 26 races. Here, I'll, I'll look it up yeah, really look quick. Up really I don't know if we I can find that now. I know Winston Cup wise... It's it would be Chase Briscoe, but that's a whole different mm. format. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it is Austin Dillon, but it's by twelve points. Okay, to so not too Briscoe. much. So Dillon is the lowest. That that's all. I, I, yeah, I know he's not far off, but he is the lowest to make it in. Which I don't know that that to me. Here's the thing. I don't think Martin Truex Jr. was going to win a championship this year. They were not poised to make a championship four run, in my opinion. So at the end of the day. I mean, neither is Austin Dillon. So I don't know. I think I think it just made you know a few guys' chances of making it to the round of eight maybe a little bit easier. That's yeah. all. That's all I'll leave it at. Yeah, that's a good point. And and also too, I feel like there'd be more fan outrage if Ryan Blaney missed the uh, missed the playoffs, considering a he's a more popular driver than Truex, and b he was higher in points than well, Truex as well. Blaney, I think realistically still could if yeah. he can get some wins under his name. No, yeah, like, no, we, yeah. When we talk about the playoffs more, we can talk about him possibly making a, a potential run as well. So, so yeah, definitely. But uh, Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's interesting the way the playoffs worked out. Um, you know, Dylan is one of those that he's either 
good or he's not good each year it feels like so uh, it's it's a maybe it's a mickey way to get into the the playoffs this year for him but as someone pointed out uh i think it was ryan pastana pointed out about every single one of his wins has been quote mickey wins now so i thought that was an interesting <laughs> thing yeah, he, he's not a kind of guy who's going to go out and dominate a race or mm-hmm. or run top three all day and lead the most laps i want to look up how many years he's made the playoffs let's see uh, he didn't make it in 14 or 15, I don't believe, but he's made it in 16, 17, 18, didn't make it in 19, did make it in 20. Uh, did he miss it last year? Yeah, he did. Reddick made it. He did. So only sure. one of those years that he got in was because of pointing his way in. Now so that's five. That's five of the last seven years mm-hmm. he's made the playoffs. Now, did he get out of the first round in any of those? That's a good question. I don't know that number off the top of my head. Well, I don't think he, he went out he, in 2020 because he was in contention to win at Darlington. Uh, race. I, that's right. I thought no, I thought he got eliminated, but it was because of like a fluke issue, but he was like oh, probably maybe second right. or third fastest guy in 2020. Like He, he was. He came out of the gate strong that year yeah. in the playoffs. He's not going to win a championship, but he's good at Darlington. He's not bad whatsoever at Kansas, uh, at least in you know, in recent there towards the beginning of the Bristol, season, he was bad either. There towards the beginning of the season, he was doing pretty good. Yes. What was it, Auto Club? He was in contention to win that yeah. one. Yeah, and yeah. then he was he running well. Second, he was running well at Phoenix, but then um, he and uh, or I think Daniel Suarez got into him on the final lap, and he would have gotten a top ten. So I feel like Coke six hundred sent him on a downward was- trend. It was screwed at the end of the Coke 600 this year, but Dylan was up to second before everyone wrecked. Yeah, he, he he finished second at Auto Club. Um, that's right. I want to see where I I want to double check, but I'm pretty sure he finished like in top ten at Darlington, and that that's the track that he he almost ran down Kevin Harvick back in 2020, yeah. where it was like he came out like a bat out of hell and made out like a second and a half in the last two laps. Wasn't he in a Junior Johnson throwback too? So that was yes, fitting. he was. That was he fitting. was. Yep. Austin Dillon is not a superstar who's going to light NASCAR on fire by any means. Maybe he'll eventually come into it as a veteran. I mean, Martin Truex Jr. took a long time to get to where he is or has been over the last few years. But, you know, for now, he's he's serviceable. He's got four four career wins. I think that's something anyone can be happy with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just the fact that he's been to the playoffs five of the last seven years. Like, exactly. Not lighting the world on fire, but just quietly. Doing he's, about he's a, what you expect him to do in that car. Nobody's expecting him to win an Xfinity series too. Let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, so. exactly. No one expects him to win a title in an RCR car. Nobody expects anyone to win a title in an RCR car, especially not the last ten years. So, what Dylan's been able to do is, yeah, fine. I, I don't yeah. think he deserves hate. The hate that he sometimes gets. Not that he gets at, a lot of hate, but it sometimes feels a little yeah. overblown. At Darlington, he finished ninth, and he finished ahead of nine other playoff drivers that oh, race. See? Some yeah, of I, which I, he I actually beat off speed. I wouldn't count him completely out this yeah. round. So I found this I found this comment really funny from Need for Speed 5353. He says uh, two things. The first thing is, I'm an Austin Dillon fan. It's so nice to see people not consistently shitting on him. <laughs> like, oh, dang, that's right. But then also he uh, he uh, brought up another fact. He said uh, he has made it to the, to the, uh, to the round of 12 twice. So I'm like, okay, so we can make potentially make the round of 12 this year. If, uh, go get him. If a few things go right, we'll uh, see about that. But yeah. The- the thing with Austin Dillon, I mean, outside of, yeah, he he got into Almirola. Yeah, he got into Cendric. But outside <laughs> of just the fact that he's family of our, of Richard Childress and the three car, I can't say he does anything consistently that just makes people hate, hate, hate him. No, I would see. until a show came along on uh, yeah. USA. <laughs> well, yeah, that, but also, too, the way he sometimes races at, at – 
the uh, Daytona International Speedway, though. I mean, the first win, the 500 win, of course, he took out Amarillo on the final lap, and then he shoved Cindric out of the way, too. So well, I, I do see why some people feel some who, who am I to judge, though? If, if I was in that situation, the wind's right there, I don't know what I'd yeah, do. You yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I just literally, like in my show this week when I talked about it, I just glossed over the fact that he punted Cindric because that's not even the worst thing we've seen this month in the Cup Series. <laughs> yeah. well, and and Cindric wasn't upset gone. with it. Yeah. Like he, I think uh, after the race, Cindric said he was all right with it. Yeah. Like after Cindric, I think, knew his car was not as good as what he had in spring. So, yeah. You know, who, you know who's I, I wish was as good as the one he had in spring was freaking Cody Ware. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the underdogs really quick, though. We had some very interesting uh, finishes. So, um, rounding out the top five, both Landon Castle and Noah Gregson get fourth and fifth place finishes, uh, followed by uh, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, and then David Reagan rounding out the top ten. Um, and, uh, you know, we can kind of tie this into, you know, the whole, you know, final lap. Or, yeah, you know, one person is really happy about these underdogs. Yeah, we can kind of tie this. Guy. We can kind of tie this into the whole, you know, final caution red flag controversy, because obviously they weren't getting those finishes without without this um, uh, without the, the final rec we had saw. So if you didn't see it, what basically happened was and, and Eric, you were showing it on the replays on your uh, little stream. By the way, amazing coverage, by the way. I think you peaked at like 2.1 thousand views. That was oh, great thank you. coverage during the rain delay, so I just wanted to say that live on here. But, back to my point, if you didn't see the wreck, basically uh, the rains had came a little bit too early, I guess, and uh, the drivers found out firsthand. Um, you saw Justin Haley spin it into the wall, and then Oh, just a bunch of drivers took a bunch of took major hits too. Denny Hamlin, Daniel Suarez, you saw Stenhouse, then Bubba Wallace too. Um, but then um, what was making some headlines too after the wreck was not just you know like hey this is a another potential NASCAR debacle here up in uh, the officiating booth, but the driver audios that were um, recorded after the wreck too. Denny Hamlin had something to say. Daniel Suarez had a little something to say after the race as well, not just about the officiating, but about how these cars are too rigid. And then Bubba Wallace saying, or no, not saying, he freaking screamed over the radio. He is not, like, he, he couldn't believe that he was getting he, all the he air screamed, taken. Out. He screamed NASCAR, these cars are not safe. Yeah, basically is what he was saying. So, Jarrett, we'll start off with you here. I mean, just... You know, very interesting week and stuff. So I, I guess we can start off with the whole caution debacle here. Just was NASCAR in the wrong or people too hard on them? What do you think? It can, see, so at first I was definitely like gung ho on they they effed up horribly, needs to be completely fixed. I think we even had it in the chat where I was like saying that, and then it was like the next lap or a few minutes later they show that the lap before. You know, there was no rain in the corner that time by, like Justin Haley said. I like how he kind of tried to rein it in afterwards. Too. He was like, oh, yeah. I, I got my laps mixed yeah, up. It's yeah, like, yeah, you got your laps. Okay. Um, but I will say that, you know, there was there were video from all over the stands, people I talked to that were there who said, like, as they were going down the back stretch, it was raining on the front stretch. It might not show on the cameras, uh, but there was rain scattered throughout the, the front stretch. So... I think, you know, when they showed, they showed the radar right before, like three laps before, and they showed like to the minute radar and the rain was like in Daytona, just not at the track. Uh, so I think, you know, it, it's difficult in that moment just because it probably was a giant cloud burst. It was sunny in turn one when it happened, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you know, it's going to rain, you know, it's coming and you know, for a fact that with the way that it's building like that within 
five minutes of being there, like that's not missing the track. Yeah, and Suarez, so, remember, Suarez did say like, hey, look, if the rain's close, then just call it now, you know, like well, don't wait until it's on the track, right? That, that, that that's what, where I kind of am, am wanting to bring in a bit of an idea is like, you know, we, for obvious reasons, we have a lightning protocol, but should there be like a rain protocol and yes, it sucks, but at least it's like, you know, for a fact what it is, especially if you're in a place where, there's constant rain like Daytona at fast speeds like this, where guys did at least not horribly, but did get hurt in this, in this wreck. Um, like that's my question. can can there be like a more of a rain protocol other than just, well, it's raining now. So we'll call the caution at this point. It, something needs to change only because this is two or three times, three times I can think of off the top of my head in the last year, year and a half where drivers have um, wrecked and or nearly been hurt uh, due to NASCAR not making the right call in wet conditions. Now, unlike Coda 2021, where the track had been slowly but getting more and more wet, we'd seen the re- restart previously, that visibility was a problem. Unlike Coda, where NASCAR clearly messed up, and unlike New Hampshire, where NASCAR clearly got too aggressive and messed up, I'm not sure I can put this one all on NASCAR. I think they had basically from turn four to you know the, the start-finish line to decide if they needed to throw a caution. We've seen these cars, even at super speedways, race through a little bit of rain. Like it's possible. You see that on the cameras, you see it on the on the um, onboards. There'll be some drops, and it's like, oh, there's still three wide racing through these drops. So there's, you know, uh, that heavy rain that we saw just suddenly pelt turn one likely broke within several seconds of the field entering turn one. So I'm going to give NASCAR some benefit of the doubt, saying that this might have just been the worst possible case of of a fluke, but absolutely work can be done to speed up the process of, by which officials on the ground in the turns relay to race control. Hey, it's raining. I think Rick Allen discussed like maybe putting a sensor out. I don't know if there's such a thing exists. I'm no meteorologist, but sure. If there's whatever the latest technology is that allows you to know exactly how much precip- precipitation is on the racetrack at a given time, anything that speeds up, the moment of rain to the moment the button is pressed through the caution should absolutely be explored, which is why I didn't like, um, I think it was Scott Miller, right? Who went in the booth and said, Oh, from our end, we did everything we could. There's nothing we could have done differently. I don't like to hear that. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe this was a fluke. Well, sure. But, but you can always learn from this and try to improve as Denny Hamlin said after better officiating that that's maybe what can just be improved overall. Well, that's a, that's a funny part of him saying that. And then that, uh fan posting his video onto twitter yeah. is and it, it's one of the few times like the beauty of social media that <laughs> like a giant multi-billion dollar company can be proven wrong by just like a dude with 20 followers yeah. like that kid because it's like it what because at one point he's like you know it wasn't raining at all on the front stretch and it's like literally kids standing right <laughs> underneath the it's press raining. box it's, it's raining. raining it's raining so Again, it didn't start when they were in turn one beforehand. And it it started like I would say probably halfway down the back stretch. So at that point, I would understand it not getting relayed in time. I just think that y- you have a car that, and we'll talk about this pretty quick here. You have a car that has shown to have safety issues. You're at a track where they're going faster than pretty much any place on the schedule aside from maybe Michigan. I, I don't like chancing it. Like, it's like, if, if yeah. you have to play it safe, like you're on CNBC on a Sunday <laughs> morning at this point, you're not really going to lose too many viewers. Like the ones that are watching are going to watch no matter what. So it's like, I, I just, I think air on the side of safety. Yeah. Like that, they, that's but what's crazy is they did 
just a week ago at Watkins mm-hmm. Glen. Yeah, they, we were, they extended that red flag by we half giving, an hour because we they them were praise. Worried. We were praising them. Oh, for and it. some people were even criticizing them for being like, oh, like like uh, Kimi Räikkönen was saying, hey, we should stay on track. That'll dry it up faster. And some people were saying, he's right. He's right. NASCAR is being too safe. So I understand they have a tough job, which is why I'm not coming down too hard on them for this mistake. It looks really bad because 20 cars just got destroyed. A driver is missing a race this weekend because of this crash. Like, like it looks really, really bad. But I'm not going to say this was NASCAR race control just straight up blowing it. Things can be done to make the process better. So it's far less likely this happens. We were talking in our group chat. Uh, I forget which race you mentioned. It was, it was the all-star race or the all-star open in like 2001. A bunch of cars wrecked uh, race, because yeah. it was raining. Uh, but that was 20 years ago. In the last two years, Texas 2020, Kevin Harvick wrecks in the rain. I just mentioned Coda last year. I mentioned New Hampshire last year. Now this. We've had four races in the past two years where guys have wrecked in the rain. Why is why have we all of a sudden got worse at predicting the weather? We shouldn't be getting worse at this. We should be getting better. So that's where procedurally things can absolutely change. Yeah, I agree. But what makes this but, even worse? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, but you don't want to see. I'm also scared to say, oh, it looks like it might rain. We better go ahead and put a caution just in case, and then it doesn't rain. I I but I'd rather be in that position because you have a driver like Denny Hamlin now who if at he's Daytona missing, for sure. If he's yeah. missing the Xfinity race this weekend, uh, because of like, if you like, have you guys all heard the audio from him in that car? Yes. Yeah. Like that, that was bad. Like that sounded horrible, like on every level. It, it reminded me of some of the like older ones that had been going around on Twitter earlier in the summer. And it's like, if he's, if he's missing an Xfinity race because he's so sore that he can't race as much as he always has, like he's, he's obviously not a hundred percent at this point. Like, that that's where I kind of that the line needs to be drawn. And I don't know if there's a certain speed that, you know, at whatever track they go to that, that you draw a line at, or a, maybe you do it like with the arrow packages with like a length of track, a size of track that, that you, you put it out early. If but it's, at, if it's a track like Bristol, sure. Let them, let them run till it's, it's raining, I guess. But, yeah. th- but that's the thing. I don't even know then either, because it's like, those are hard hits too. Like, I mean, yeah. Look back, I think it was at Martin Shrek's Jr. about 10 years ago or so at Martinsville. He absolutely nailed the wall. I mean, New Hampshire, New Hampshire's a track that, that's killed drivers before. So yeah. I, I don't know how much you can do it off track size either. I think it's just as much as it might piss fans off, erring on the side of safety and avoiding something like this might be the better play long term. Speaking of safety, one thing that made this wreck a whole lot worse was again the audios of the drivers, you know, you know, uh, being um, uh, basically uh, coming out after the wreck. And then you know, earlier in the week, Chase Briscoe says that his head is still sore. It's still sore, and he has to race this weekend. He's 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 starting he's starting the uh, the uh, the NASCAR playoffs this weekend. So. Uh, you know, let's have the safety talk again, too. I mean, we have seen this all season long where, like, you know, certain drivers are saying, like, yeah, these cars are too rigid, and you're seeing certain hits that, you know, that, you know, on paper don't look like they're, you know, as severe as, you know, but but then, you know, you uh, later find out, like, hey, Kurt Busch, is, he's been out ever since that Pocono qualifying crash, and then all, this, all the uh, driver audios, you know, from Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daniel Suarez having his post-race comments, and again, it's um, bringing a you know the uh, topic of safety to the forefront again in NASCAR, and then also too Christopher Bell he had um, did a uh, a, um, a little interview after the race, and he had said that he was very concerned about the safety of these cars. Basically, these smaller hits, you know, like 
they're they're not as good as they well i mean like obviously when you um hit it you know when you um hit the wall or hit another car in racing it doesn't feel good but it feels a whole lot worse these like mid-level hits feel a whole lot worse than ever before you know compared to the gen car doesn't give yeah exactly so like jared you start us off here too like what are the problems with it and uh can we fix it in time for next season or what the what's the deal i i don't okay so I, I I preface this. I'm not exactly an engineer here, but you just the eye test alone. We've we've talked about it on here before. It's like you see the cars like if it's not a head-on collision, like Suarez took or like some of these other guys took. A lot of times the car doesn't give at least externally. And from what Bell was saying in that quote you talked about, is that when the like when the driver gets all that energy, it doesn't go to their body. It goes to their head, which you know I don't think. I have to say how important your head is. Um, and and even earlier in the season, we saw to an effect of like what a crash at Daytona in the next gen car can do to a driver. If you remember Ricky Stenhouse Jr. hit the wall in the closing laps of the 500 oh, and like damn near hit his head on the steering wheel. Forward. Yeah. yeah that was and, scary. and I saw a comparison and it was a comparison to a wreck, I think in like 2016 or 17, that was very similar to that. And the driver moved in the seat, like you're going to move. Um, but the driver didn't go all the way forward like that. You look back and they, they showed another clip. I think it was 2012 at Talladega. Clint Boyer had a crash and, you know, he moved a little more forward than he did in the Gen 6, but less than this. And then they, sh- I, I, for, I think it was like 2004, there was someone had a wreck at um, Talladega and they flew forward similar to what Stenhouse did. So, it, it it it's obvious that something needs to be changed. I again don't know off the top of my head what could be done aside, you know, just because I don't have expertise with that. Um, but I think like a common sense thing would be like what the drivers are saying with more crush zones so that that energy dissipates quicker. Yeah, I've seen them talk about doing things to the actual safer barrier because, like you were saying, Darian, it's the mid-level wrecks that are hurt the most ones where you don't hit the wall hard enough to really bend in that safer barrier. The car's not giving. So if the wall doesn't give either, cause he didn't hit it hard enough. That's when people are really feeling it the most. Even Ty Gibbs, that little barely crash into the tire barrier at Watkins Glen. He had a couple weeks ago. He even said that hurt a little more than he thought it would. So yeah, what, what's shocking to me is it's old drivers like Hamlin missing the Xfinity race this week or Kurt Busch missing the whole season at this point. It's the old drivers that are talking about it. And it's the young drivers like Daniel Suarez, like Bubba Wallace, like Christopher Bell, um, because yeah, no, the audio, uh, like even Austin Dillon, because NASCAR man uh, on Twitter posted a great thread of like 15 or 20 different times this year, a driver has criticized the next gen's mm-hmm. safety components, mainly just how it gives. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. a big crash, it's actually stronger. I think if if you go upside down, hit with your roof, I think it's stronger than the Gen 6. If you get T-boned in the driver's side door, it's stronger than the Gen 6. Much less likely the driver's going to get injured. But if you just back into the fence at Pocono, you're out 16 races as Kurt Busch mm-hmm. has found. Like that's that's the the problem with this car is it's, you know, I don't think anyone's going to die in this car, but you might see, it clearly seemed to be seeing a, an uptick in concussions or borderline concussion-like symptoms. And that's, that's disturbing. Like it's great that probably nobody's going to die, knock on wood, but you don't want to see star drivers end their careers early the way Carl Edwards chose to, or the way Dale Earnhardt Jr. was ultimately forced to. Like that's, NASCAR is a sport built on its superstar drivers. You know, when your driver retires, it can be hard to latch onto a new one. So you want your stars to stick around as much as possible because that's what will keep the most loyal fans around. Well, and, and I, I, what I worry about, and I talked about it today a bit, 
was, uh, you know, based on what the talk had been, whether it was members of Door Bumper Clear talking about stuff Jeff Burton had said to them about it, what drivers have said about it, especially being hit in the rear, is no matter how you get hit, if you get hit in the rear, it's going to be the worst possible hit you can get. And my thought on this is, you know, the Gen 6, for for all the, the crap that we give it for racing that is deserved, uh, was probably the safest car that NASCAR's had. And you look at what happened with Eric Almarola in 2017. I believe he broke his back with that crash because he was hit straight from behind. It, I, What happens if that accident happens with the next-gen car? Because it is probably a one-in-a-million accident, that angle, that speed, that situation in general, but it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And... So, yeah. Sorry, I, 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 not to deviate to it, but I don't want to focus too much on a, a one specific hypothetical. I want to talk about something that's real. NASCAR's added two more super speedways. They've added stages, so more restarts, more chances for multi-car crashes with guys close together racing at high speed. So NASCAR is actively promoting a style of racing that encourages more wrecks. But while that simultaneously, opens the possibility to that kind of hit. No, I know, but while simultaneously introducing a car that does not handle average crashes as badly so like I, i'm more broadly because i see people in the chat even saying racing supposed to be dangerous well you well, don't want to go backwards well you don't yeah. want drivers to start retiring at 35 because they've experienced concussions you don't want it to be or like die. the nfl <laughs> you don't want it to be like the nfl where a guy will play for two years and retire mm-hmm. like how are how are fans supposed to latch on to drivers if stars aren't sticking around for more than 10 years or five years or eight years especially the guys that have already secured the bag like harvick i'm shocked he's racing his contract out at this point kyle bush who's about to get paid a whole lot less than he's used to getting paid. Why would he stick around more than a couple more years if he doesn't get a major sponsor when he has his health on the line like this? Like, you just, uh, drivers, drivers are crazy, but I don't think they're that crazy. Carl Edwards showed that some drivers aren't as crazy as others. And I, I, I don't know. It's That's what I'm worried about. I, like, yeah, Jared, there's a possibility of that horrible crash happening and somebody actually being so seriously injured that their life could be seriously threatened in the moment. That's possible. But we know, considering the trend that things are going, there's going to be other drivers. At Talladega in a few weeks, I won't be shocked if someone suffers a minor concussion, like just from an average wreck. And, at, I mean, uh, at Las Vegas, name and, a big track we're racing at the end of this year. There's going to be a crash that rattles somebody. We know that's going to happen. And until the next gen gets fixed, which, like Jared said earlier, I don't know how to do it. It's probably really, really hard. They, they'd almost and have to rebuild the whole thing. Yeah, like, there's, some, it, there's so many other things that you have you have to fear for. I mean, you know, without getting into the detail, there's been a lot of pro athletes in many different sports suffer CT and do some some horrible stuff because it's exactly that. Yeah, so that's like, like we can talk about the very slim possibility somebody dies in these cars, but I'd rather focus on what's already happening. People getting concussions, but I think, (laughs) but I I don't, I don't think it's just necessarily the fact of someone dying, the fact that it has been increased substantially, the fact that somebody could die. Well, that I actually don't know. I actually don't know because I think the car's strong enough that I, I I don't know. Well, I I hate to talk about this because obviously if somebody, God forbid, does die in a NASCAR stock car in the next few years, this conversation is going to look really bad, you know, so, but, but I I think the car, uh, Corey LaJoy said it best. The car handles the big, scary crashes better than the last car did. It handles the medium accidents worse, which tells me you're going to get more concussions, but hopefully no major life-threatening scenarios. The problem with getting more concussions is the fact that the more concussions you get, the more life-threatening it will be. Like, yeah. What, I guess that's later true. concussions that, for instance, I suffered, I wouldn't have suffered before my first one. No, like, I know. Yeah. Concussions I, get easier the more and more you sustain. Yeah. Like, and, and, the, and the big problem with that is the more damage you do to your brain, the it, it 
heightens that likelihood of just lights out See, like that. And also, too, like you also have to um, take this into account, too. Like, I mean, based on NASCAR's history, they seem to have a slow reaction time when it comes to safety in some aspects, in some eras, too. Like, I mean, just look back at, a, you know, Brock Beard's uh, video of three gone before February there, too. I mean, that says it all right there. I mean, obviously, they're way better than they were in that era. But still, I mean, like, you know, we shouldn't take this for granted and stuff, too. I mean, like, a bunch of drivers, old and young, are saying something. So, again, like I said, like, like you know, like we've all said, you know, I'm not an engineer. I don't know how to make these safer. But NASCAR, they have some pretty talented people over there. I'm sure they can figure out a way. Yeah, that's what's so alarming about it is there isn't an obvious or e- certainly not an easy fix. There may be some obvious fixes, but they're not going to be easy to do even in time for next year. That's what's that's what's concerning. And, and it doesn't help at all either uh, that you, you, you have a, a driver culture right now, it feels like, that it's just balls to the wall. Who cares if we hit everybody? So be it with these a lot of these younger drivers taking the place of older ones right now. And I have to think that with much younger drivers putting it on the line more than an older driver would because it's just night and day different eras you that also adds to it and you got i mean may, maybe maybe it'll lead to a, a bit of a more cautious you know self-policing driver era like we used to have oh. but i think that takes time to be instituted among them and it, it is it is pretty interesting, like Eric said, that it's young and old, but it's like if you look at the majority of the drivers recently who have been making a lot more of the statements, not just the ones over the whole time, but, but recently, it is younger drivers. It's drivers that are younger than all four of us. Like it, it's, I don't want to just like sound like a boomer when I say this, but in a way, like so many younger drivers get doing tons of iRacing, tons of simulator stuff, you know, I'm almost, you know, they can go on there, they can have the freedom, just race as hard as they want to with no repercussions. I'm probably just scared that eventually translates on the real racetrack. Yeah, I, <laughs> some, some of that, I guess, does bleed out a little bit too, but I, I think, you know, mainly um, uh, to uh, Jared's earlier point, like, yeah, it's just all part of this new driver culture now where it's like, Hey, you have to do what you got to do to win and stuff. And, you know, I'll be damned with like, you know, with like wrecking and stuff like that, because Hey, at least I went for the win. Right. But then now that these cars are, you know, like, now that the, uh, the safety's in question, it's like, mm, I, yeah, I just wonder, soon. I wonder if they'll change. Like if, if drivers will be held more accountable or if they will race, here, here, I don't want to really say quick, really quick. I'll ask this question to each of you, which changes first, the uh, NASCAR making these cars safer or the driver culture? A driver culture will take place over years. I, so I hope I think there'll be something next year, whether it's change to the safer barriers or some other change to the car that we're not we don't know is possible that they're able to make. I think you'll see something happen there first before driver it, culture changes. But it, over it time, ha- it could. It could. have to be. It have to be NASCAR changing the car because you ask to change driver culture, you're asking to change how people are. I just like Kurt Busch has been out for six weeks with a concussion and we saw Austin Dillon nearly wreck Austin. I was just about to say some, something about that too. Do you think like, you know, some of these recent accidents and these other drivers speaking out, would that have any sort of effect on, you know, the way drivers, you know, police the racing and stuff, or is like, no, we're just going to keep doing what we I think do. it'll have, I, I think if, the, if, because it's not a, it's not a slam dunk guarantee. I think a lot of times we take it for granted how smart the people behind the scenes designing cars can be with safety with NASCAR. But from what it sounded like last year when we were hearing about this stuff, I mean, remember like early in the testing process, mm-hmm. we all heard about the I rumors remember. of William Byron yeah. that sound very similar to what we're dealing with right now. Yep. Um, 
I mean, if the, if that's still the case two years later, who's saying it doesn't take two more years to, to fix it? I think the driver culture that we could see shift is the fact that a lot of these older guys say, screw it, it's not worth it, mm-hmm. you know? I don't. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Kurt retired. I think Kurt may have raced his last race. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked at this point. That, that's just speculation. He's not, but... he's not like he's not going to be the driver that he was before. He might be competitive still, but he's not going to be a driver who. I feel like he won't be as playoff. aggressive. I don't want to. No. I don't want to buy into conspiracies or anything. I'm not saying that I believe this or anything because I really I I don't want to believe this. But I did see some fans, specifically on Facebook, throwing out the crazy idea that you know we saw Chris Busher out due to you know, COVID earlier this year, some people were thinking that the timing of it right after his big flip at Charlotte, not, not have been entirely COVID related. Yeah. I've heard that. It's just one of those crazy conspiracies conspiracy you see on Facebook. So you try to avoid those. Yeah. It's like, it's like, man, it's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that just, it, it worries me because we've seen, it feels like it's been taken for granted for so long, but not maybe not by all the drivers, but a lot of times by fans where it's like, you know, we, we were talking earlier that we more than likely we won't see. And I think knock on wood, this won't happen. We're probably not going to see a driver get killed, but the possibility is there at a much greater ability now, but we've, we've had so many, so long now it's been 21 years since a driver has died in any of the top three series that it it, it, nascar's reactionary and if that's what it has to take for like sweeping changes in this regard like i it, it's it might be ugly leading up to it it's just tough because they just spent all this money got all these teams to buy into this car and I don't know, is there just something you can tweak well, on the car to fix this? Or do you need to reinvent whole sections of the car? In which case, boom, your whole like next gen going to save the sport in terms of cutting costs. That's out the window for at least the next 10 years. Like, Well, I, I was reading that um, there was a, there was an excellent Reddit post put about this where there were links and everything to actual articles mm-hmm. talking about it. And that NASCAR had done almost all of their like wrecked testing a simulations yes uh, on software which is normal in the car industry i'm not especially due to covid not, they had yeah, a lot yeah. of issues getting crashed they, yeah. they did less and and also with uh the part shortages but they did less testing physically i think than like the last two generations that wouldn't surprise uh, both me. and i think like the number was like i think they did two of the two actual tests or something within a certain amount of time this is at the same time the whole crash dummy conspiracy was was thrown out there um but they did less physical crash tests and they didn't do any at the point of the article that was written any crash tests with multiple cars like they used to do Hmm. and that's where it's like you you wonder is you know nascar is all about cutting costs nowadays is that is that a corner cut like where drivers back then when this was going on that's when denny hamlin had said the drivers aren't being listened to our that's when they formed the risk. drivers count mm-hmm. the driver's advisory serve whatever the yeah. new thing with Jeff i don't, yeah. I don't think and, that's a, a a what's the word coincidence basically I no i don't i don't think it is it's just at the time we didn't have the whole story like we do now mm-hmm. um and so it's like if nascar did was in a rush to put out this car because they had to push it back a year already. Like who's to say that there weren't some shortcuts taken along the way. I'm not saying it was malicious by any means, but 
we're seeing the repercussions right now in every week a driver like if someone like chris busher is having headaches two three four days later like just an educated guess here and from a little experience like that sounds like a concussion that's what it sounds like yeah like if if if, if chris busher was an nfl player he'd not be allowed to compete this week mm -hmm. i was listening to aaron Rodgers talk about the concussion protocol in the nfl for instance and basically that if you get anything close to a concussion in the NFL, you're not allowed to compete the next week unless you go through a million like rigorous different tests. I don't know if NASCAR is as in-depth with that because a lot of it is self-policing among drivers. Like yeah. you look, it's a Dale Jr. who's older. It's a it's a Kurt Bush who's older who is stepping out of the car. You know, who's who's to say that a lot of them are just aren't reporting it as well as an older driver would. Yeah. At the end of the day, safety should always be the number one priority. If these drivers even have the slightest issue with the way these cars are you know, handling in terms of safety, then we need to listen. NASCAR needs to listen. So hopefully they, uh, you know, react very quickly before something, you know, and else bad happens. You know, I'm going to say this now, just because they're not telling us doesn't mean they're not addressing it. Like, I think NASCAR mm -hmm. is. I don't think they're just hit, like, you know, putting their heads under the sand like a lot of fans think they are. Um I mean, I what do you the want drivers. them to say? Just come out and say, yeah, our car is not safe. Get over Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're never, never going to say that. They're never going to yeah. say it. Yeah, never that's the thing. They'll never say that. I think it's the fact that drivers are so vocal about it now. And I mean, when Kevin Harvick, for instance, when he talked to Bob Packers about it, he's like, are we overblowing this? He's like, you're not talking about it enough. Like, this uh -huh. was, I think, three or four weeks ago he said this. And now all the drivers, these younger drivers, are talking about it in interviews and in different broadcast sections and stuff. And it's like, so it, it, it's just it's going to be an ongoing story throughout the year. And that's the part that sucks. I yeah. Think. And, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously, you know, wish we obviously wish the drivers the best. Hopefully there's no other, you know, major concerns or whatever, but I mean, consider, but, uh, you know, looking at the playoff schedule, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to avoid some of these hits at some of these tracks, you know, like a Talladega and stuff. So you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, but moving on to the playoffs though, I'm going to put up the playoff grid on the screen again. Hey, it's time for playoffs. Uh, the uh, the uh, field of 16 is set. So let's go over the uh, playoff cut line really quick. Um, Chase Elliott is plus 33 above the cut line. He is the regular season champion. And then in second place is Joey Logano plus 18, Ross Chastain plus 13, Kyle Larson plus 12, Willie Byron plus 7, Danny Hamlin plus 6, as well as Ryan Blaney. Uh, who barely got in the playoffs, but hey, consistency does, I mean, consistency is kind of rewarded in these playoffs too. I mean, he barely just got in, but now all of a sudden he's seventh, so he moved up the grid a little bit. And then Tyler Reddick and Kevin Harvick are both plus five. Christopher Bell plus four. Kyle Busch plus three. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then Chase Briscoe rounds out the top 12 at plus two. Now starting off the playoffs below the cut line is Daniel Suarez, minus two, Austin Sendrick and Alex Bowman, minus three, sorry, Danny. And finally in 16th, Austin Dillon is minus four below the cut line. So hey, fans leave some predictions in the chat, but, uh, but fellas, none of these guys are necessarily out of it. You could throw a blanket over everyone from fifth on down. I was just about to say, so like you look at the uh, initial standings and two, it's like, there doesn't really seem to be a favorite that really sticks out. I mean, obviously, Chase Elliott just had a spectacular regular season. But then the rest of the field, it's pretty even, it looks like. Jarrett, what do you think? Yeah, Chase Elliott is far and away the favorite right now. Mm -hmm. like, I agree. I he, He's leading, like, when I talked about it in my video, he's leading all but one statistical category when you combine both the full season and also the last 10 races. So he has momentum on his side. He has 
everything on his side when it comes to consistency. I believe he is three top tens more than the next closest behind him, which is Chastain and Bell. Uh, top fives, he has the most, most wins, most poles, uh, most laps led, least DNFs out of anyone who started more than 13 races this year. Chase Elliott's a total package right now. Like, maybe you could say, yeah, he's been a little off the last couple of weeks, uh, but off for Chase Elliott right now is finishing sixth or seventh. Ooh, so, outside of him, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, and uh, Christopher Bell, not William Byron. He's not. Christopher I, Bell, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano are my three that I think could be the closest to challenging him. I won't say it's my final four, but those three are the ones I'm looking at. I just think it's shocking that fifth place William Byron and 16th place uh, Austin Dillon are separated by only 11 points. This year has had so much parity. Like last year or in years past, there's three or four guys who do the big three of 2018 that really separate themselves. This year, it's just Chase Elliott, who's plus 33. Everyone else, Logano on down, has a real shot at being out in this first round. I think these playoffs are probably the most difficult to predict uh, since this format was implemented, even before they included you know uh, playoff points and things that carry over from round to round. It's it's remarkable. Like there's obviously a few guys that I think probably are, are the underdogs and that's the Austin Dillons. I I'd suggest Briscoe. Cause he doesn't seem to be as competitive lately. Maybe Austin Cinder Cause he's a rookie, but he's had towards the end of the summer. He had a really good stretch of a lot of top I, 10 runs, top I would 15 put, runs. I'd put Bowman in that list of people. Cause I put William very, Byron in that list. Yeah, Byron. I, I hope they're just testing off, stuff. Both of them started very strong earlier in the year, but they really had a bad summer and it's carried through but, all the way to now. You know who I would put in as well in that list? Kyle Busch. He's only, plus oh yeah, three. he's right there. He's only plus yeah. three above the cut line too. And hey, he's I don't know. There's Bristol. Here, so. There's Bristol in this round. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, I, but, they didn't win it last year. Yeah, he didn't win even there. 20. Like we, yeah. oh, I mean, he doesn't have to win necessarily, but if he just does okay, he could have a top, he could have a second place run at Bristol, even. But he's, I mean, I think Darlington been, bodes well for him at least. Toyota yeah. was good there in the yeah. spring. Well, they're he fine. Hasn't, he hasn't run too awful well there the last couple trips to Darlington. No, Kansas, not in the playoffs. You're right. <laughs> Kansas is my mystery one for him because he's run better there as of late, but historically, that's been an awful track for him. Yeah. I think since well, it's widened out, he, he win there more. last year. He won there. That's what I said. As of recent, like the last two years, he won there last year. He's run well there, but like historically, Kyle Busch has been bad at Kansas. Who won Kansas earlier this year? Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. the other Bush. Yeah, the other Bush. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, no. Like before um, uh, Kyle Busch's uh, Kansas win uh, in uh, 2021, yeah, he was awful there for, for years, man. But like this year, man, he's just seemed just off a lot, it, you know, especially in these final 10 races of the regular season. I'll put somebody else in in the mystery category. I had him as a contender, you know, earlier in the week and stuff. But the more I look at like in depth of how he how he runs, Ross Chastain mm-hmm. and Trackhouse in general have have then I wouldn't say they've fallen off, but they're a step below where they were from like the middle of the summer on back. Like Ross I Chastain agree. does not look like the competitive driver that he was earlier this year. No, he's gone from being a top five guy every week to being like seventh. You know. Um, I, Everyone's sleeping on Joey Logano, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no one, I, nobody's Logano's, talking about Logano enough, in my opinion. I think he, he was my I, pick to win this last weekend's race, so he's he actually. Up I actually think I would say the the top four, yeah, even though they could be off a little bit, I think the top four has a good shot at getting to the round of eight. 
And speaking of the top four, we can just kind of get this little quick, you know, prediction out of the way. We're not going to predict the whole playoffs and stuff. They're too complicated, blah, blah, blah. But it's easier to predict maybe is the championship four. So, Jared, you start us off here. I'm going to put you on the spot. Right now, you know, not a single playoff race has been ran. Who is your championship four predictions? You know, I just said earlier that it wasn't my picks, but I, I, I'm i going to give this. Do you want me to get my championship pick while I'm at it? Uh, go ahead. Let's go. Oh. Okay. Uh and again, this this probably ch- this changes from earlier in the week already, and it's going to change by Saturday probably. Uh, Chase Elliott for sure, I think will be Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson. I think oh. those those are the four I'm picking. <laughs> you and I agree. Your... Son right, of a well, bitch, we agree. Damn it, we might not agree on the championship winner because I know I talked up Logano and I think he'll be up oh, there. No. I'm picking Christopher Bell. Oh, okay. No, I'm. I'm I'll pick I'm gonna, Bell to win. Okay. I'm gonna stick with Chase for now. Um, but just like Jared said, I have a video coming out later this week. I haven't dug. I haven't dug super deep into the stats round by round yet. Right now, I feel good about Bell, Logano, Larson, Elliott in the final four. But once I dig in, I might be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe maybe Bell's gonna struggle. Yeah, I, remains to be seen. It's but crazy. To be, yeah. It's crazy to be hearing you two say that because of how far down he was way way earlier this season he's just been the most consistent yes first two or three races of the year he dnf'd i think daytona auto club i think Uh he finished 35th in both or something like that but he's slowly been gaining that win at new hampshire is his best track convinced me that okay bell is still in there that's still the christopher bell we saw in xfinity all those years um i don't care what people say i think he's the best guy at jgr by a long mile right now I, i don't think i think the most consistent, at least. I think he's the most consistent. I think if you put him, Hamlin, and Kyle Busch, I'm going to exclude Truex for now because he's not in the play. If you put him in an equal car on any given day, I, I still would lean towards Truex or, or, I'm sorry, Hamlin or Busch in the moment. But Hamlin, better chance he fails to execute at some point during a long race. Speeding he's, on pit road, well, you name it. Kyle Hamlin, Busch. Hamlin's Kyle not Bush been just, running that well as Bush, people think. The thing with Denny Hamlin, you know, he's he's kind of he's not 100 percent right now we know that because he's missing well, the Xfinity race so that's, that's a good factor point into this that's a good point as well that change that might change some opinions but like kyle bush has spun out on his own more times this year than i could than i can remember him ever doing in a single season so you know, both bush and hamlin have failed to execute consistently that's where bell has bested them this season but when it comes to like raw speed guy who just needs to win today Chris Bell has two career wins in almost three full seasons now. I, I'm still not uh, – is this – actually, he's even four – no, three full-time seasons, I believe. Um, I, I'm not ready to say he's better than Hamlin or Kyle well, Busch. I'm not saying points. in general, but I'm saying right now. Like, I, I just Denny think – Denny Hamlin's yeah. been awful you know, this season for the most part. It's his worst season ever uh, that he's made the playoffs, I should say. But he's still, I mean, he's only got seven top tens. Like Christopher Bell yeah. right now has, has, has as many top fives as, as Denny Hamlin has top uh, top tens. I, I, I don't know why I'm arguing because I also have Bell in the championship. Four. I'm just saying, I don't think like, I'm still saying and, that Hamlin's close. It was between Bell and Hamlin for my fourth spot. Yeah. And then, well, and I will say like you brought up Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is the worst he's ever been right now in his career, yeah. like the worst slump. Like I, I can't trust Denny Hamlin or Kyle Bush, but I can trust Christopher Bell right now. It's but, crazy because four or five months ago I had Bush, I would have put Bush as my top Gibbs guy. He was really then, consistent earlier in the year. He stole that win at Bristol, sure, but I think we all assumed a couple more wins were coming. Yeah. And they haven't. Not even close. And really quick, Danny, who are um who is uh, your championship for predictions? So I've actually got uh Chase Elliott, Joey Logano Kyle Larson, 
And for my fourth one, I've actually got Tyler Reddick. Ooh, so like that. We've had we got some shockers. Okay, okay. I mean, I've seen in the chat, I've seen the you know the usual suspects, but uh, the one thing that uh, surprised me was that somebody predicted that Christopher Bell wouldn't make it out of the round of sixteen. Whoa, like hey, without consistent, he's been. I don't it's, know about it's that. Possible. But, yeah, hey, it's possible. Yeah, it's the playoffs. No, it it's is playoffs. possible. Yeah, he's only four points to the good. Oh, whole new season. Yeah. So like, hey, anybody's on the chopping block, but outside of Chase Elliott, everyone else needs to be on their best behavior over the next nine weeks. And and if they do, like, I'd say Alex Bowman. Bowman has as good a shot at going to to Phoenix as Kevin Harvick at this yeah. point. And I'd say Bowman's been slumping lately and Harvick's been hot, but See, they're just so close in points. Yeah, part of me, like, I, I really think, honestly, that bottom four now could be who goes out in this round. But also in 2020, I remember the season Bowman had there in the playoffs, and he just he, he got on fire, and he managed to get all the way to sixth in the standing. So Yeah, hey, you never know what can happen in these playoffs. And before we move on really quick, my predictions are Chase Elliott's um, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, and Joey Logano. And who do I think Three is going to win? Chevys. Who do I think is going to win the championship? I know what you're going to say. No, it's Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott is going to win. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to yeah. say Ross. Chastain no, 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 no. In, in my heart, absurdity no, no. In it. my heart, I want to say Ross Chastain. But hey, it's like you said, he's been a tad bit off here too. I think he Ooh. has the potential to make it there, but winning it, it's a whole different I- story. I want to see Ross Chastain win just for the reaction. Oh, that yeah. alone. Everyone, or no, or if he takes out like a Chase Elliott or you know like someone else, like a. I'd be. I, I feel <laughs> like I could see him taking out like Kyle Larson. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. He don't. He don't back down. To that'd get all the Elliott fans behind him. Yeah. <laughs> definitely for sure. For sure. But yeah, those are the playoff predictions and the playoff points. We will oh, see. Oh, I, go, ahead. go ahead. I never said who I think would win oh, the championship. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. Probably Chase Elliott. I, 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 would, <laughs> I, I, I kind of have, if, if he's in the championship four, I would have Reddick as a dark horse, but I think it'd be Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. Am, am I the only person that didn't pick Chase Elliott? Uh, yeah, I think so. I swear, I don't hate <laughs> Chase Elliott, but this is only going to fuel the narrative. <laughs> yeah, right, we'll see what happens. The playoff field is set. They kick off this weekend. But before we move on, let's turn over to the ratings really quick. Um, so, um, obviously it was rain delayed, you know, to a Sunday and then even on Sunday it was, it had its own little rain delay as well. So obviously the ratings weren't going to be fantastic in total, a 0.88 rating, a, um, a total, um, viewership of 1.4 million viewers, just over 1.4. Um, but in the key demographic, um, we had a total of 284,000 tuned in, so that made up 20% of the viewership. Um, it was still the top-rated racing event all weekend, and yeah, if you watch the F1 race, it, you can see why. It was nothing fantastic. Verstappen wins, Ferrari does a horrible strategy, and go figure. Um, but unfortunately, it ends the streak of uh, of the uh, ratings increases, and we were on a pretty good roll here, too, throughout the summer, um, so it ends it at 7 and uh, it, overall, the, it uh, basically salvaged uh, what was a disastrous uh, lost weekend there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess not too much for to talk it, about, right? It's for just, what it is, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it's better than, I mean, the worst case scenario would have been like being below a million viewers. You know, F1, they barely got over a million and they had no delays and stuff at all. But, you know, they were basically going head-to-head with NASCAR. And I think towards the end of their race, they obviously, they obviously siphoned off a lot of, you know, F1's viewership because the NASCAR race was starting, too. So, uh, But, yeah, so, you know, we had a good little run there. But uh, who's to say we uh, can't pick it up again this weekend? Um, but speaking of some other ratings, we have our own little rating system on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. The poll! The famous iceberg poll, everybody. So, Jarrett... Oh. 
Yep, poll, 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 poll. So, Jarrett, what were the ratings like on the poll this week? Mixed. They were mixed, uh, to be fair. It was the lowest rated Daytona race since the last uh, since the last year's 500. But about 16,000 voted, so pretty pretty good there. 28% of voters thought it was a great race. 31% said good. 18 average. 10 below average. 12% said it was bad. Net positive, 59%. Net negative, 22%. Um, first comment came from Farkle8000. So what a name. positive, ne- <laughs> positive, negative, or meme. Meme. Negative. It's got to be a meme. It's got to be a meme. Negative. This was a crazy race. The rain, Martin Truex Jr. out, Blaney, uh, who wrecked on lap, who wrecked on lap thirty-one, is now in the playoffs. Gregson being competitive out of nowhere. Stenhouse, Lejoy, and Briscoe getting airborne. Great race. The playoffs are hypothetically set. I think this is before Kurt Bush, uh, or like something with Kurt Bush. I think. Uh, I guess he was waiting. Maybe the another... inspection. Too. Maybe yeah, inspection. Yeah. You never know um, these. Hey, you never know these days. Let's go race for a championship. I'd say positive. Why is that yeah. such a? That was like, that was yeah, very positive. I'm so I'm shocked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you found one of those. I'm I'm sure you'll. No, find that was the first comment. That was the first comment. Yeah, that was actually the that was actually the um not the most votes, but like most positive ratio of voted comment too. He had he had that one in the draft. He was ready to go. Copy paste as soon as he went. <laughs> as soon as the race was over, he was like, "Yep, just kept refreshing YouTube. Oh, there's the poll, and bam." The uh will england said this was probably the most chaotic daytona weekend i've ever seen uh southeast yeah. cup series top five weirdest cup races of all time mm-hmm. memorable for right and wrong reasons it was definitely yeah. wacky. It was definitely wacky for sure yeah uh jackson says this has to be the craziest daytona race i've ever seen look at that top 10 we talked about that earlier uh daniel west on pure meme value, it was a top five race I've ever watched. Ten out of ten. <laughs> uh, definitely memeable, for sure. And here come the sirens. It's once a show. I muted it earlier when they went through. Oh, well, we can't hear but, a thing. Thank good. But... <laughs> good. I've set. I've set up my mic right then. <laughs> um, Evan Negula, this is the greatest terrible race I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, NASCAR Sam, shout out to Cody Ware, Landon Castle, and David Reagan, especially Reagan since he's finished in the top five and top ten with RWR before. Uh, and he's finished in every one of one through 40th position. So, oh, oh yeah, Setting interesting records. stat. Uh, I'm not going to read the comment, but there's a comment from a potato man that's interesting. <laughs> oh. Um, people, a lot of, a lot of positivity, a phenomenal race, crazy race, but liked it. Some of the best racing I've ever seen at Daytona. Glad I got to make it yeah. from McNulty. And, uh, and to our earliest point, the racing was good outside of the... I mean, a lot of people just had to bite their tongue at this one. Uh, Brad Kozlowski, out for the first time since 2013. Same mm-hmm. with Kurt Busch. Truex, out for the first time since 2014. All former champions and near the top of their game in recent years. Uh, what a crazy 2022 season this truly is. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go down to the uh, downvoted ones, and I'll, I'll make sure that I can can read them. Uh, okay, we got the bottom five here. Number five is from Bucket Football ba- or Bucket Foot Baseball. The this kind of crap wreck fest racing shows why NASCAR is the laughing stock of auto racing. Oh man, <laughs> tell me what you really think. 
Uh, this other one here says Daytona sucks. Give this race to Bristol. <laughs> I, I don't know Chase if that's won. It was dry this weekend. Yeah, Chase Elliott wanted it there. It sounds like <laughs> Stewart fourteen horrible. Serby worst race of the season. And then the lowest one is from Andrew uh, Meyer, who gives like every week his full season ratings. Uh, just he gave you know. Let's see this race. I'm trying to find it, but. I can't. Oh, he rated he rated this race eighth of twenty nine races this year. Damn, in his top ten. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very generous. Um, but yeah, I guess that he was loved the, the chaos. Voted. Yeah, he loved but, the chaos. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's the poll. I'll put the poll up next, uh, right after right the Southern Five Hundred. As I drop my phone right there. Perfect. Yeah, it's all uh, good. Yeah. So that'll do it for this edition of the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And uh, before we uh, move on to Super Chats really quick, we have to go over one more race that took place over the weekend, the Xfinity Series race. Um, so, yeah, Xfinity Series also had a you, very long rain delay. You were asking earlier if we count Kurt Busch's win. Do we count this as a win? I was just about to say. So, you know, first off, shout out to uh, Jeremy Clements. It looked like, hey, this is the Cinderella story. Eric Estep, uh, um sponsors his car at uh, at 1.2. But you were also on Ryan Vargas's car, Eric. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome that Vargas got his career best finish sixth. Like that, that's really really cool. And yeah, we had the out of the groove logo on the quarter panels and uh, did a special deal with JD Motorsports and NASCAR pole position, where if people subscribe to the magazine, the first one hundred, um, were able to get their name on the car. And uh, everyone took advantage of that. I think that we sold out of that in like an hour or two, um, which was really really cool. So uh, glad so many people got to take advantage of that opportunity. And and Vargas wheeled it, wheeled it. He vibed as he does at the super speedways. Avoided the many, many, many wrecks and was uh, there at the end. I, I was worried it was past his bedtime. He's one of the few drivers out there younger than we are. And I was like, hey, I hope, hope Vargas mm-hmm. is keep keeping focus behind the wheel. But but no, great to see him finish sixth. And yeah, Jeremy. Really cool special moment for him and his his family and team on on TV. It's a shame the penalty this week uh, puts a little bit of a damper in that. We'll see where the um, the appeal goes, but I think either way, likely his win will not count towards playoff berth. So, but they didn't just take the win away. I think because no. they found it at the R and D center. I guess the way NASCAR has it ruled now is if they find the infraction that night during the post race teardown, you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. But if it's something way more extensive, where they had to bring their engine into the R and D center for a full teardown, something that I don't even think you have to do necessarily the week after a win. You can do it later than that. I don't know the exact rules. It just happened to line up that they brought the engine in the same week as the win and and got busted for it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right rule should be. As far as I know, they still get to keep the money from it, right? And then they got basically fined all the money they won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A very this, expensive win for sure. This is what yeah. I don't get about this. It's like, okay, if we find it, if it's wrong at the track and it's something that's like really easy to find, you lose the win. You lose it all. If, yeah, we, no, if it's something fair. really hard to find, but, uh, we'll take some points away and stuff, and you can't make the playoffs, but you keep the win. But well, they, to be fair, I, I would say the points penalty and the fine are like go well well beyond whatever the win was worth like like the losing 75 points drops him to like 20th in the standings which is a serious cut a payout cut at the end of the season so i'm not gonna say it's not a penalty but i'm with you if you want to disqualify and take the win away like i agree i don't really see why this should be treated any differently than 
a post race like at the track teardown other than i guess just nascar doesn't like the the image of declaring a new winner three four days later like, i think that's all it timmy hill yeah <laughs> oh, that's what this is about <laughs> were they in contention to make the playoffs at all before this they were way out they were way fringe. out bro they were like no, fringe yeah. on the out they needed a win pretty yeah. much Okay. They were well, at least it, at least this didn't really like affect them too much then. Yeah, and and you know like it, it's it's very weird because it's like yeah you don't find it at the racetrack you find it later in the week but doesn't that mean they did something like insanely illegal though if it took them this long to find it you know what I mean like what's gonna be crazy is if they like if they appeal it and they win their appeal somehow. I, hey, look, first off, you know, I mean, hashtag justice for Timmy Hill by the way. First off, <laughs> the the statement that Clements put out on it. I kind of see what he's saying about the the change they had to make, but I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I guess. Yeah, we'll see how the uh, appeals go. But um, outside of that, though, you know, one of the reasons, and basically, like the you know the main reason he ended up getting this, you know, this you know encumbered win, I guess you can call it now, because um, he's not playoff eligible. The reason he got this was because we had a major wreck fest inside the final forty laps. We were seeing some spectacular Xfinity Series Super Speedway racing at Daytona. Then, unfortunately, all hell break broke loose, man. You had, basically, um, um, towards the end of the race, you had, like, three cautions in a row there. They didn't even get a single lap in in that time span, too. Uh, Eric, you start us off here, man. Like, like, the, what's got to change, man? I mean, like, is it just, I, it, do we just go back to, like, hey, this is just the culture, this is just the way the younger drivers race now, or... <laughs> I, what what's the deal? I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't. I just don't have a whole lot to say because like we went to the race last year. Remember, it got postponed to Sunday or Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it we was all went. Good. Good it racing. was a almost perfect. They they had like maybe one crash. They didn't have yeah. a big one in that race, if I'm mistaken. And they were um, three wide at the finish too. Three wide at the finish without wrecking. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna blame the fact that the race ended at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning versus the race last year ended at one o'clock, two o'clock in right. the afternoon. I'm just gonna blame that. I'm just going to say people are tired, a little tired. delirious, yeah. seeing cross-eyed. I, I'm going to blame that, They're but right. I don't know. I, I just sometimes – I mean, we see in the Cup Series, these races end, end messy, start messy. So these, these races just can, can get messy, and I, I wouldn't expect anything less from a bunch of, like, 23-year-olds. Yeah. We've had know. several other Super Speedway races this year in the Xfinity Series, and none of them have ended this crazy so far, so mm-hmm. – yeah, I I'm just, gonna. I'm just gonna blame it being past their bedtime. That's. <laughs> I sound like such a. Danny was sounding like a boomer, and now I sound like a boomer. Go to bed, kids. Right, go get to bed, kids. Lawn. Get off I'll your X Playstations. <laughs> it's all in a Nintendo. No, um, <laughs> I. I hate saying this because I do love Daytona and Talladega. Like I love going to those races. I love watching them on TV with my family. Like, growing up, I had Daytona parties instead of Super Bowl parties. <laughs> like I love this type of racing and yes, a lot of it is being a Dale jr. Fan, which by the way, I found out he went like three wide earlier in that race. Pretty cool deal there. Um, but super speedway racing now is just it. Yes. It always had wrecks in it and there were wreck fests like the, what we're seeing, but it's, it's so close together now where every other race to now every race is turning into this kind of race where everyone stays clean the first part of it and then you know shit hits the fan and the fan ends up chopping up three-fourths of the field um so it's like it it definitely it's it's definitely devolved a little bit i don't know how exactly you fix it other than again driver culture which will take years to fix 
but it, it it does get old, just like with the Indy Road Course, where you constantly just see wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck. Yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to Will England in the chat real quick. He said their reflexes weren't as fast as Xfinity Internet when they got tired. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny, okay, Danny, what do you think? Oh, of I Xfinity think they're just as fast. I think they're just as fast. <laughs> little inside joke yeah i'm glad we get it but no yeah xfinity series it was crazy but you know all that craziness led to some underdog finishes uh timmy hill uh finishes p2 and you know brendan brown finishes p4 but i i just want to talk about him really quick too i mean after you know you know in the post-race interviews he's you know just basically in tears too he just all chuckled up and stuff because he needed to win that race to not only make the playoffs but to potentially extend his his um his um his nascar career and uh unfortunately uh he uh, couldn't get it done too still got a top five finish but just yeah. don't know how to f- just i just don't know how to feel about that whole deal i mean yeah, it's just it's, it's just sad it's a very complex situation it's sad and then also you can look back at a few other things that could have that he might like he made he but, made he yeah. made mistakes but yeah. at the same time it's like he, it was he was put in the position by no fault. It could have all it been sucks. avoided if the lady from BC would have just said, "Don't even okay. pay any attention to that." Okay, little sidetrack here. <laughs> Where the hell is Kelly Stavis? Like, has <laughs> anyone <laughs> seen hey, her? Maybe since she's that not. Race? Maybe she's not there because of that. <laughs> oh no, I didn't even like, think seriously, about that. Seriously, has she's... anyone seen Kelly Stavis since Talladega? She's, she's she's gone missing with Rutledge Wood. Yeah, maybe she's <laughs> not there because of that. She's holding the camera for Rutledge. <laughs> like, I just I, I, I it came to my mind, and I, I wanted to bring it up last week because yeah. I saw I had, people talking chat, about. Yeah, where that. is she? Does anybody know? Has, is she like working somewhere else on NBC? Yeah. Is she like on their football coverage now? Where is she? Yeah, find her like, chat. And see where she's at. Find Hunter down. She's still, she's still she? listed. She's still listed on like the NASCAR and NBC crew, hmm. but she has not been on a broadcast. I have, yeah, you're right. I because, don't think I've seen her all because year. Because basically, Kim Coon replaced her. Basically, right? That's basically. I, well, she, she just, was added on, okay. but they do in, they 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 just get people in and out. Because I mean, remember like Dylan yeah. Welch was on some of the broadcasts, and then yeah. Chris Collinsworth's son was put into like one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was like. By the way, we now here's a guy. Was, <laughs> no, here's a guy right here. He might be running thirty second, but you know what? He's doing a good job at it. You know, you got to be happy with that, Al. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, it, it's a big. It's a. It's a good question. Where the hell did she go? Hey, hey chat. Right. You know what to do. Find her really quick. But they don't know that. They're, 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 they're guessing. Mm-hmm. But going over the rest of the uh, underdogs, Sage Karen finishes fifth, Ryan Vargas, we just talked about sixth, JJ Yelly ninth, Kyle Sieg tenth, and shout out to the one, the only, the most popular NASCAR iRacing driver ever, Jesse Owuji, gets a P11 finish. I think this is his best career finish by a landslide. It has to by be. By a landslide, bro. P11, <laughs> man. And you know what that means? Because of how well he did in his popularity, he qualified for the All-Star. Yep, no, there kidding. you go there you go but hey you know what shout out to him you know hey we've been getting on him hey you know put kyle weatherman in that car more but hey it took a lot of cars to be you know taken out but he's still yeah, got yeah, the 11 so let's not pretend job. this is off of merit here <laughs> yeah but good job man you survived the whole ordeal but uh but yeah. you survived but yeah that was the xfinity series race and uh that'll basically conclude the uh weekend recap of all the nascar races from daytona only um, took 80 minutes. Good yeah, job, guys. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot yeah. to talk about. I wanted to make sure yeah. we got all of our points out, too. We did. We got yeah. we got St- through it. St- side note, since you got me curious, I just looked up Kelly Stavis on Twitter. She has not made a single tweet since August 25th, 2021. 
Ooh. That was before Tyler. Yeah, that was before. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. she just disappeared in general on social yeah, media. So. I guess she's, she's wherever. Hey, chat. Hope get she's on okay. Find I her. genuinely hope she's okay. Yeah. Like we're making fun of her, but if like she got fired well, or something, like I, is she I feel doing? For her. Is she doing coverage for IndyCar? Is she doing that? No. Someone I said no. Seen her. So no, I haven't seen someone her. in the chat said she hasn't. So. Mm. Like I hope she's doing well. Like like I don't I don't think anyone really blames her yeah. for the Talladega. Like some people no. do, but like in all honesty, she was in a mm. tough spot, no, trying in panic mode, trying to so salvage something. Mm. So I hope she I hope she's okay wherever she is. Like yeah. not actually in witness protection, as some people are joking <laughs> in the chat. No, we don't waste that on nobody on this show for sure. But uh, no. in the meantime, before we move on, we're gonna get to some super chats really quick. Can somebody start the timer for me? And I'll I just will, count it yeah, three yeah. minutes. I'll, I'll tell you when. I'll immediately start reading it now. So let me scroll all the way down. We're getting a bunch. So. First off, thank you guys so much for tuning in to tonight's edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast and donating. Appreciate it. Let's begin. Enter Doss sent three nine say or no, excuse me. Enter Doss sent three super chats uh, combining up to nine dollars. Um, the first one says, uh, "Point number one: Never make assumptions too early." Yeah, yeah, learned that the hard way. Number two: um, I've never been this irate about a terrible call in a while. Yes, NASCAR always makes terrible calls, but this one just feels different. Yeah. And then number mm -hmm. three, uh, and this is probably to my uh, video yesterday, elitism of any kind is 99.9% .9 bad. I'll have to uh, up that to 100%. What, what, but... What's the point 1%? When is it okay? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> I'm hey, just curious. I, this is 100% like, I mean, for me, but hey. hey might know. make a good point, but I'd, yeah. I'd be curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just playing. We get it, bro. But thank you so much, Andrew Doss. And then Napa Racing Fan 927 thanks for the two-hour super chat. Hey, NBC, it's the Southern 500, not the Playoff 500. Huh? Ooh. Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> I see what he's talking about there. I see it. See what you did there. And then John with the two dollar super chat. He says, I think NASCAR deserves some blame, but not all. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, what we we're sure. just talking about. Yeah, definitely. They're not totally innocent, but yeah, it's not all their fault neither. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um Elite Precision 29 with the $20 super chat. Thank you so much. NASCAR. Safety is our number one priority. Meanwhile, they continue to encourage chaos for the sake of entertainment. It's fun in games until a driver seriously gets hurt. Newman Daytona Rex should have been a wake a uh, a wake up call. I agree. It should have been a wake up call, but eh. Seems for some, and yeah, doesn't seem to have been working, unfortunately. Uh, and then um, Jupiter Rain with the two-hour super chat. There should be a regular season playoff. Um, so wait, hold on. There should be a reg season playoff. So <laughs> no, so no runaway. Uh, you're gonna have so to. So Chase said he's saying he wants a playoffs in the regular season, so Elliot can't lock up the title oh, two weeks early. <laughs> hey, hey, well, at least he found someone that cares about the regular season championship. Hey, that's that's a, that's refreshing. Oh gosh, Thank that's you so funny. Much. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and then John with another two-hour super chat. Brilliant record avoidance by Cody Ware. Yeah, Cody Ware, man. Yeah, he was he was up there too. Had his car clean towards the end there too. That was Not awesome. high enough. Yeah, <laughs> I would have won ten grand if he won that race. Uh, I know, buddy. I know. It's, yeah. You'll get another shot next time. Uh, Spencer fifty four seventy eight with a ten dollars super chat. Uh, let me say this: Do not throw all the blame at NASCAR for this. I agree. Uh, throw some of the blame on the Florida weather and the drivers. Ooh, dot 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 dot. Um, I don't know if, about the no, drivers no, part. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Um, if drivers minded their p's and q's all race. The rain wreck never happens. Well, uh, well uh, I mean, well, Al, what you see here is that when you avoid the wrecks better, you get the race done early. In their defense, <laughs> in their defense they had no grip, though. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I, he, he's saying that the, he's saying that the race might have been over before the rain hit if they hadn't wrecked earlier in the race. Which oh, I, I mean, uh, he's not wrong, yeah. but like also you can't blame the tire. That uh. yeah, yeah. I, oh I, my I, god, Antar Dash just sent another super chat. Said the point zero 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 one percent are elites who betray the elite. Ah, oh, there you go. I like. That. Why is that like funny? That. I don't like. That. We hit the three minutes. <laughs> no, that's, that's a perfect that's a one, one to end. It's a perfect one to end it on, Drew. Thank you so much, Antar Dash, and thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to tonight's edition of the NASCAR Week podcast and donating really appreciate it um so now before we move on to the famous lightning round we have to remind you guys that this edition of the nascar weekly podcast is brought to you by let me put the logo up lionel racing diecast get um, um buy your official lionel racing diecast from the 2022 season at your favorite um uh, authorized lionel retailer Make sure to buy your favorite NASCAR driver and don't miss out on Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentic diecast at a Walmart near you. Now, fellas, you know the drill. Jerry, I'll start off with you. What you got there? I have a 2006 Jimmy Johnson championship winning car elite version because I love seeing them tethers right there, right there, and right there. And uh, it's a beautiful car. The only problem is uh, this gets stuck. <laughs> like seriously i'm oh like, whoa. oh wow no so I, all i gotta do is just pop this back into place and it'll see i miss those features yeah. on the diecast man those were always so good i like those but, yeah. anyway, but danny ooh, that is a that's very nice looking so i gotta say this this is not mine this is actually claudia's we just went to jp's nascar for the final time the other day and she had been eyeballing this one for a while of our times going in there and she said you know what I want that one. It's a very beautiful color chrome finish. Ryan Blaney throwback from 2020's race at Darlington. And uh, I think it's a very beautiful car, too. So mm-hmm. we're happy to have this one in our collection. Good choice, Claudia. Yes, beautiful indeed. And Eric, you have the Authentics pack, it looks like. Yes, the Championship 4 from last year. Kyle Larson Championship Edition with the liquid color. I did a video today um, promoting a contest. We're giving one of these packs away. Um, but also you can get... The pack for yourself exclusively online at walmart.com. That link is on my latest video. I actually had an extra one I took out of the packaging. I know I'm a maniac. Is that liquid color finished? The liquid color. Each pack comes with a liquid color Kyle Larson championship version with the yellow spoiler and everything from last year at Phoenix. So um, pretty cool that they sell these kind of four pack collector's edition stuff. Um, Yeah, maybe. Feel free to go check that out if it interests yeah. you. And I will round us off with the 2015 Jeff Gordon last ride Chevy. Um, well, as it turns out, it wasn't his last ride. If you're a junior fan, you remember. But yeah, but yeah, but no, this this is um, his last ride in the 24 um, <laughs> um, Exultra car. It's um, you know silver, really pops and stuff. And I just got this earlier this week. Appreciate my mom sending it to me. Uh, but yeah, so I appreciate it. And uh, I just I just didn't realize that on. Uh... On our end, you're fine, but on the broadcast end, <laughs> you're mirrored. Oh, I am? Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. But anyways, thank you guys so much for um, uh, watching this edition of the Lionel Racing segment on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Don't miss out on Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecast at a Walmart near you. All right. Ooh. Well, fellas, we are at that point in the show again. And you guys know I'm hosting. I always love this segment. There we go. It's working again. <coughs> it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jarrett, go over the stuff this week. We got some quick stuff I think we can roll through here. Uh, Greg Ives has announced he will retire as crew chief of the 48 car at the end of 2022. 
Danny's happy. That... <laughs> Are you happy, Danny? Enjoy retirement, Greg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, Justin Marks has been quoted as saying that 100% the goal of Team Trackhouse. And what he was talking about was running the Indy 500. He also said 10 to 15 years from now, I want to be able to look at people and say, remember when we were just a NASCAR Cup Series team? So bold ambitions there. So he, so he wants to be just like Rick Ware Racing. <laughs> or better. A better version. <laughs> uh, Darren, we talked about this before. NASCAR has released its 75-year anniversary logo that it has for next season. Yes, the Diamond Edition. Looks, looks nice. Shine a lot of variants. Shine bright like a diamond. I like it. I like it. I'm sorry. I did not even hear about this next one you're about to say. And now I'm curious. Brian France has opened up a chicken eating restaurant in Charlotte, North Carolina. This was reported by the Charlotte Observer. And he had said that he was going to use what he's learned in NASCAR to run this business. What kind of quote is that? What, I don't know, but I instantly think of a quote. I think it was from Talladega Nights. As the colonel once said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> Or in his case, it might be something. No, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. Hey, good luck, good he, luck, Brian. Good he's coming. He's gonna come up with the chicken chase. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, he can. He can be like a stroke race and have a driver dress as a chicken. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, this one's even funnier, in my opinion, that, so, since nothing happened. There was a couple who was arrested this week for squatting in Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s home. Oh, okay. I thought that said something else for. I'm not gonna say what it is. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna say what it is. I, it was that a really good squad to do that. Uh, a few more things, real quick here. Kyle Larson is driving the number 1700 Motorsports car in Darlington for the Xfinity race. We thought it was the last race at Watkins Glen. We were wrong. Uh, Dale Jr. is aiming for Bristol to be his lone Xfinity start for 2023, according to Matt Weaver. Kyle Weatherman will once again drive in place for Jesse Awuji for the Xfinity race this weekend. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, while there's racing going on right now there, North Wilkesboro Speedway has about 18,000 fans there. Track sold out of tickets they had available. And they said the track will be closed for construction in 2023. And then more than open, uh, more than, uh, and then it'll be reopened possibly in 2024. I can't Do you guys that. want a spoiler on where Dale Jr. is running? Because I checked just a second ago. I've actually had the race up this whole time on another tab. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me. Tell us. Uh, he's sixth, I believe, roughly, with about. Uh, he might be making a. Let's see, I pulled it back up. He's, he's making working a pass on passing pit. someone right now. He's working June on bug! June bug. At one point, at, now he's really far back, but at one point, Chad McCombie was second. Damn, the fake junior is ahead of the real junior. Uh, yeah, ju junior just uh, pulled off another pass, and there's two more cars in front of him. I don't know if they're on the lead lap. I can't tell right now. Woo! Nice. All right. Well, there's your in-race update. How many laps are left? Thirteen laps to go. So this oh. one will be over here very yeah. soon. Go Junior! Yeah. Good job. Uh, I'm, I'm going. Give me, give me just a second. I'll tell you who the leader is. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a Quaffle Quaffle son is the leader. Yeah, that there's a movie a that says we can't cross the streams. It didn't mean in this position, but it's applicable. <laughs> Oh man, but that'll do we it. We talk about racing. That's a live racing update, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't get those rarely. Um, outside <laughs> Call of me Kelly Stavis, we got an in-race <laughs> report going on. <laughs> well, 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 he's on camera right now. Yeah, mm. a good point. And that'll do it for this edition of the Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show.
And before we get to our final few topics, before predictions and picks, uh, we have to thank our sponsor, Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and much, much more. From do-it-yourselfers all the way up to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So check them out at ForneyIn.com. That's ForneyIn.com. Or look for that green Forney logo at an authorized dealer near you. Okay. Back to you, Darren. What's up? Yeah. What's up next? Yes, it's a new cat. Back to you, Darren. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. So we're still we're in race reporters. That's I'm just leaning into that. Yeah, good point. Good point. So moving on now to some silly season news. We had uh, quite a bit of it from last week. Uh, Daniel Suarez resigns uh, with Trackhouse for 2023. Um, I'm just gonna spit off a few and then I'll um, um, hear your guys' opinions on it. So Daniel Suarez resigns with Trackhouse for the 2023 season. Just a one year deal though. So not a multi-year deal. Yeah, yeah I was a little surprised about that. that was interesting. But you know what? It seems to be the story of Daniel Suarez's career. He's always having to prove himself, even after he proved himself this season. I thought he proved himself this season. I mean, he wasn't the most consistent, but I, I expected a uh, longer deal. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how that uh, progresses. Um, but um, other news, Eric Amarola, he's not retiring neither. He's signing a multi-year deal, possibly up to three to four years. The, the multi-year is what surprised me. Yeah, so yeah. three to four years uh, with Smithfield. And then the final one in this category, uh, Zane Smith will return to front row's uh, 38 truck in 2023, as well as making five Cup Series races, which includes the Daytona 500. It probably includes some Xfinity starts as well. Um, but also another note, he has a contract with Front Row, uh, excuse me, with uh, Front Row Motorsports with an option with uh, option years that last until 2026. Uh, He's so, locked up. Yeah, so uh, a lot of news here from, as far as silly season is concerned. Uh, Jared, I'll start off with you. Which one is the biggest story out of these three? In the here and now, it's the, the top two. Long term, though, Zane Smith, uh, I'll be honest, because... Front row has is, is slowly been building itself up. Y'all know that I'm uh, far from a closet uh, front row fan. No, I thought it was just a McDowell really? fan. You're, you're a whole front row fan? I, I, was... I like what they've been doing. I like the story of a start and park team building themselves up to being competitive over time. Sure. I think yeah. it's, it's one of the few stories in NASCAR that you don't get to hear much anymore. Uh, and so I think long term, that team... like I don't see... It being that unrealistic that in three years, front row isn't a team that's running better than like Richard Childress Racing or the way Call League is now. Like a, a playoff, ca- I think they could be a playoff caliber team off of points in three years and get Zane Smith up to Cup Series by then, maybe replacing McDowell Supremacy. Yeah. I'm seeing Zane Smith as the future of that team. I mean, when you talk about this contract, yes, he has option years, but it's up until 2026, however. So, hey, if anything, if all goes, you know, according to plan in these select starts, it might not be long before we see uh, Zane Smith uh, taking over either the 34 or the 38, or maybe they'll just I, add a third team again. You never know. Keep, I'd say keep Todd Gill in another year or two mm-hmm. in the 38 and see how he progresses. And, and He's had some flashes course, this yeah, year. Yeah, the road courses mm-hmm. are any indication. He has a bright future for sure. But, um, Really quick, back to the Daniel Suarez news, however, though. I mean, just again, I mean, like, just why do you guys think he's um, he um, he didn't get a multi-year deal after the way he's performed, scoring his first career win? Uh, Danny, you start us off. Um, what do you think, Danny? Sorry, we're talking about Daniel Suarez. I was a little distracted by the Wilkesboro race because there was actually a caution of two laps oh. to go. I apologize uh-huh. for that. That's all good. It's uh, all good. Well, I want to jump okay. in because I'm shocked, honestly. I, I don't know why he didn't get a multi-year deal because, to me, kind of like how – 
2311 is built around Bubba Wallace, in my opinion. He is the brand over there. Kurt's great. He's the better driver right now, as long as he is even still racing. But Bubba Wallace is really what made that team happen. And I feel like Suarez is kind of the same for Trackhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin Marks is a smart guy. Tynor is smart guys. They could have built a team, sure, but they chose Suarez. Partially because he was a driver with a chip on his shoulder who still, I think, has a bright future ahead. But also because he brought Comscope slash Eris. He brought Coca-Cola. He brought some big sponsors. He brought Pitbull as an investor. Pitbull's not investing in that team if Daniel Suarez isn't the driver. So I'm a little surprised that they only got a one-year deal. Maybe the idea is, hey, in a year, they'll know what the next TV contract's going to look like. So maybe they can restructure and, and plan accordingly. That has to be it because otherwise this seems weird i like i don't see suarez leaving track house anytime soon but this short-term extension makes it seem like that's a possibility hey, I never just, say I never never say never i'll I'll float something out there what let's say kyle bush is taking like a one-year deal with somebody he doesn't really want to be with <clears throat> like maybe a richard childress what's stopping him from when all these rides open up in 24 what's stopping also track house from being in the running for that when they would have an opening, especially if Suarez doesn't pan out. He's not, proven he's not proven to be consistent year over year. I would keep him long-term because I think he's the better play long-term than Kyle Busch is. But what's stopping Trackhouse maybe if they're wanting to stick with two teams and their Project 91 sticking as the way it is now, what's stopping them from maybe trying to get in the sweepstakes for next year? Uh, maybe that's in the back of their head, but I feel like what's what's been the key to Trackhouse's success is that both Chastain and Suarez feel fully supported. I think Suarez has said it time and time again. He's finally found a home, a place where he feels like he's getting the support mm-hmm. he needs. He has the stability he needs. Uh, sure, never say never. Kyle Busch is great, and he is Kyle Busch, but I, I just think they're waiting on the TV deal or something. Maybe a sponsor hasn't re-upped that they hoped would, and so they're going to kind of weigh that. That's the only thing that could blow it up, in my opinion, is if maybe a major sponsor Suarez has brought suddenly backs out out of nowhere. But I, even then, it, it would take a pretty major blow-up behind the scenes for me to believe Suarez won't be in that car long-term. So so we'll I'm see. I think I think the more likely option is a third car if they get another charter, but you know it's so hard to get a charter these days. Who knows? I will say, regardless, though, it's worth noting that this is actually now the longest that Daniel Suarez has been with any team in the Cup Series. Now three years. Yeah, yeah. it would just yeah. be a shame. It would be a shame if, like, after all the success from this year and helping build that team from the ground up in uh, twenty twenty one, if that you know they would just you know let him go after all that. Hey, we'll see how um all of uh, all of uh, that transpires. But um in the meantime, um someone who did get a multi year deal, Eric Amarola. Um guys, are you surprised he's coming back or not really? Not surprised he's coming back. Uh, if you told me this six months ago, I would have been surprised. But now, based on all the buildup we'd heard over the summer, not surprised. I am surprised to multi year deal. Um, Bingo. Yeah, like that's a little shocking. It, it all comes down to Smithfield. Not only did they want Almarola back for another year, they upped their involvement. According to reports, they will have more primary schemes than they've had on that 10 car the last few years. So um, it's great that a driver is cultivated such a great relationship with a major the, sponsor. It's just shocking thing. that it's Eric Almarola, you know, a guy who <laughs> will get you in the playoffs most years, not this year, but every other year, maybe win a race, but not the big a lot thing else. Is that he was saying how earlier this year, how he won more time with his, with his family. As this year progressed, you started seeing his family at the track a lot more. It's like they found ways to keep them together as a family a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he seems like a – I mean, he's a huge family man too, so that was obviously important. But, hey, if there's a way to spend time with family and still race, and hey, he wants to keep but, racing. So, by the way, 
Jarrett, as they're coming to restart two laps ago, would you like to know where Dell Jr. is? He was third, right? Yes, he's yeah. third. Yeah, Chad's he been letting to... us know too. And he was charging. Yeah. I, I hate I'm to spoil track. it in case in case anyone wants to go back and watch oh, it. Oh, but... oh, I'm I'm gonna hoot and holler even <laughs> if you guys are trying not to spoil it if he wins. All right. Yeah, you're gonna we'll, know if he we'll does. Know. You're, we'll know you're, about you're a diehard we'll, fan, you'll know. Yeah. We'll know in about the next sixty seconds. <laughs> this, this is this is a side of me that isn't normally shown on YouTube anymore. So Shout out like, to Racing America though for streaming this. Uh, you know, obviously with a subscription or pay per view, but it's good that they have well, this uh, this kind of content available. It reminds me of what Alan Bestrick said a few years ago when we had him on the show that like nowadays racing you can find just about anything anywhere, like on TV, on the internet. Like a lot of racing content is broadcast nowadays, and he's got he had a point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, while Jared's going over that, and we'll know if anything happens, you know, on the show live. Um, some more silly season news. So some of you guys were confused um, in the title um, when I had, um, had when um, I had put uh, Bubba Wallace to oh. the uh, to the forty five. Uh, oh, uh, something might happen. <laughs> Bubba Wallace to the forty five. But uh, no, that is not clickbait. Um, actually, the forty five team is still in the owners' points playoffs, and um, it was announced today Bubba Wallace will be piloting the forty five uh, through the owners' points playoffs. So. Bubba Wallace is in the playoffs, kind of, sort of, but then not really. Um, and now Ty Gibbs will drive the 23 car. Um, Jared, I'll start off with you. Is this, I mean, you know, obviously some people are, you know, confused by the move and stuff. You know, they think they can compete for the, um, the owner's championship. But um, do you think there is more to that in this case? Um, possibly a, a little bit of a swap going on for the 2023 season? Or no. is this just for the playoff? Nah, uh, I believe Booty Barker's sticking with Bubba and... I don't know if the teams are exactly being the pit crews. The pit crews staying too. It's basically it's literally just changing the decal on the side. No, I was about to say it. I don't even it's, think the car is changing. It's just the decal. Oh, just, oh, so it's I, just I think, the, okay, okay. I yeah, know. I think. But now think, is it going to be Bubba with his sponsors and different number or? Yep, it'll be, right. it'll be his sponsor. It's Monster Energy will be on the twenty three. Okay, so That'll same team, weird. same team, but they're not swap. Okay, okay, I, got it. I think the only difference that they're going to do is that uh, I think that they'll probably treat these three races like a playoff race get Bubba into that kind of mindset because mm-hmm. you can't replace experience and even though it's not a cup championship in the sense of a driver championship it is for the owners I, I don't know if there's like a difference of payout or whatever because the owners pays position. more than the drivers they get like a lot of money basically so yeah, yeah so I I think that you're gonna see you're gonna see 17 guys out there racing for a playoff spot like for, yeah, for that's spots. a good way of phrasing it actually yeah so yeah, yeah. good. Sorry, I, be. I was just gonna say I'm shocked. Like I feel like I'm just shocked we didn't hear more chatter about this. This feels mm-hmm. so obvious. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, well, why wouldn't 23 level want their main guy to drive the car that's actually racing for something? Because what like Ty Gibbs have him race with points on the line and all that money on the line. Not like Ty Gibbs is good and great, but Bubble Loss has been pretty good lately. Seven top mm-hmm. 15s in the past eight races. Um, that only race he didn't finish in the top 15. I think he had a mechanical failure at Watkins Glen, if I'm not mistaken. What happened? To, I can't remember exactly what happened to him at Glen at the Glen. Um, something mechanical, but, I believe. But the point is, he's been he's been very good lately. Like I, he's not going to win the championship, owner's championship, but he could theoretically drive you into the top ten in points. And and as mm-hmm. excited as I am about Ty Gibbs's future, I'm not convinced Ty Gibbs is there just yet. He's got one top ten in his first six starts. He's just he's busy chasing an Xfinity championship right now. He doesn't need to worry about driving this 45 into the owner's points. So um, it makes a ton of sense. I'm just you know surprised Dr Pepper went along with it. They always love being on the 23 car. <laughs> 
before we move on, hi to uh, Danny B's mom. Is that your mom in there? Really? That's my mom. She's hi. at the Claiborne County hey. Fair. Oh, thank you. Hello. I hope you're having a good time at the county fair. And thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast tonight, ma'am. Really appreciate it. All right. So uh, moving on to some more silly season news. Now, uh, this is so nostalgic. Oh, the Grassman Truck Series has returned after a long hiatus away from the sport. Well, uh, um, excuse me, away from being the title sponsor. Excuse me. They've been in the sport. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I honestly, yeah. I got to say, I really like the square logo mm -hmm. a lot better than the old circle logo. Yeah, absolutely. They return as the, they return as the uh, Truck Series title sponsor for the first time in 16 years. Um, they were the original Truck Series sponsor when they first started, and yeah, the logo is, um, as it says in the itinerary, clean AF. So there you go. <laughs> God, it's been a long time. What was their last year, 07 or 08? It's been a long time. I believe time. 2008. 2008, I believe. I read it when you put yeah. it like that. I guess that's like almost 16 years. I guess like I was in fifth grade, bro. That's how long that's been. that's a long time, but dude, you even. Oh, put ahead, it in perspective, the last NASCAR video game that you could play the Craftsman Truck Series mm -hmm. was NASCAR 09. Yep. Oh, it's been years, bro. It's been years. But, hey, it's back. And uh, it feels right, too. Like, even even though it was called the Camping World Truck Series, or if you guys remember, the Gander RVs Outdoor Series. Oh, gosh. Like, people still refer to it as the NASCAR Truck Series. Uh, well, okay. NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. I'll do, I'll do a quick okay. thing with it, because I don't think there's too much we can go in-depth on here, but I, I, I'm really curious if you guys can answer it really quick for right. me. Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask two questions here. Mm -hmm. Who was the first... Craftsman Truck Series champion. Mike Skinner? Mike Skinner. Correct. Okay. All right. Who was the last one? Mike what? or no, Mike Skinner? Was it Hornaday? No. I don't know. Oh. Was it Hornaday? No, Hornaday, right? Oh. Nope. Benson? Know, Benson? Johnny Benson? Yes, Johnny yes, Benson. yes, yes. Oh wow. That's right. I think um I think uh, And it Skinner was for Red a... it was for Red Horse Racing. Is that the team? Bill Davis. Uh right? I could check I could check. The, uh, you're talking about 2008. But, I can yeah. check that real quick. I, was it Bill Davis? I believe it was Bill Davis. Yeah, I believe it was Bill Davis. Ultimate 23 Dragon would know more than us. <laughs> yeah, she could tell us. <laughs> yes, Bill Davis with the Exide battery okay. car, the 23. Okay, there you go. And one of the reasons uh, he had won that championship was, I believe, uh, Mike Skinner had some mechanical issues in that race, if I'm not mistaken. Or that could have been the previous year. I don't know. But basically, he lost. Um, Benson won that last one. So, no. yeah, it'd be good to uh, pick up that tradition again. Now, I would say arguably the best, the peak of the Craftsman Truck Series era was the 2003 championship. Mm -hmm. Four guys went into the final race 39 points apart. Brendan Gaughan went in the win the points leader. Yeah. But can you guys tell me who went out as the champion in that? Yep, Travis Quaffle. Good old Travis Quaffle mm -hmm. won the championship. And, um, you know, um, Brendan Gaughan has some choice words for uh, Jimmy Smith that day. Jimmy Smith can kiss my... What? But, yeah. So. Well, there's there's reasoning behind yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, would you like to explain the reasoning yeah, so the reasoning, here? So the reasoning behind that is Jimmy Smith, his truck, um, Ted Musgrave, was in contention. So if Brendan Gaughan happens to DNF, then, you know, Musgrave will be, be in, uh, in a position to win the championship. Uh, what happened was, I believe Jimmy Smith entered at least three extra trucks. It could have been three to four. And then all of a sudden, Tommy Houston all of a sudden loses it coming off of turn four. And then he happened to lose it right in front of Brendan Gaughan and his championship chances. And then Brendan Gaughan had one of the greatest sound bites in NASCAR history. But the funniest part, he did get justice somewhat. Because on the final restart, Ted Musgrave happened to jump it. to uh, to, um, He had happened to have jumped the restart. 
And then NASCAR had to penalize him, and it took forever trying to uh, to um, to uh, review that. And then Travis Quaffle ended up winning the championship by winning just one race, I believe, at Bristol. That's it. He won ironic one race. It's ironic we're talking about Quaffle because I'm watching him and Junior right now after this race. Yeah. It's not his son. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because his son won it the all, race, correct? That's the thing with yeah, that's the thing with NASCAR. It just all connects. Yeah, anyway, I just thought back. I thought I thought that'd be but funny cool story, to talk fun about story. But yeah, we're happy the Truck Series is back. And uh, we're happy to give a, a brief history lesson. And the final silly season news before we move on to uh, the uh, pick segment, the Chicago Street Course has some more news um, from last weekend, or, or excuse me, from last week. Uh, NASCAR Chicago Street Race um, has a track president, former Phoenix Raceway track president. Um, G- um, hold on. Julie Geis. Julie Geis. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Julie Geis. Yes, she is the former track president of Phoenix Raceway. Uh, Geis opened up on costs. She says that um, um, we don't think, or excuse me, we don't get financials, but it is um, a tremendous investment for us. And she also said that Chicago um, won't reopen for racing until after the three to five year. Chicago land. Yeah, let, let's reread oh, that. Chicago land. Yeah, I, I got me. you, Darian. I thought Chicago I said Chicago land. will not reopen. Sorry about We're that. shutting quick. it down. Chicago it's a mess. Oh, let's go let, go let's go back in this real quick. So, guys <laughs> have said that about the financials that they're not getting into it, but it's yeah. tremendous for NASCAR side of it, mm-hmm. which is big to know. She said Chicagoland won't reopen for racing until after the Chicago okay. street course runs its its deal. That can be three to five years, depending on it. I want to bring this up about Geist because I think this is a great move for the Chicago street race. Um, we talked about, you know, she was the Phoenix track president and she was also uh, spearheading the big renovations they did from all accounts. What you said, Eric, it was pretty well done. Just don't buy nachos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you want to? The other thing that I was reading into because I saw that that um, Jeff Gluck talked really highly of her, and so I looked into it a little bit. She also was one of the top people for the Daytona Rising project as mm-hmm. well. So she has a track record of turning tracks around. Well, she's Chicago Rising. She's <laughs> she's flying up the ranks in NASCAR, and if there's somebody, I think that coming up through you know, in, in ISC and NASCAR who can make this thing work. It seems like it'd be her. Yeah. She, she seems to have every, like the support of the industry and broadly speak. She's someone that people I think believe knows what she's doing. Um, and I think that's good. I think if you have someone at the top, that kind of exudes confidence and or competence, maybe is the better word. Um, I think that makes everyone feel a little bit better going into a, a wild undertaking like this is so, uh, good news. I, yeah, I, I haven't done the, the digging in that you did, Jarrett. But yeah, based on the project she's worked on in the past and how people seem to speak of her, I guess she's a good pick. I, I don't have a personal opinion. I'm basing my opinion on everybody else's opinion. <laughs> so yeah. And everyone seems and then, to, she seems to have history in the sport. Yeah. So yeah, everyone and, seems to be all, all for it. And I'll say I'm happy that they're acknowledging there's a plan long-term with Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me happy. <laughs> well, I'm serious because I, I kept hearing different things here and there and different stuff and people will send me yeah. stuff, but I don't but know. Nothing was official. It. it was never official. Nothing, nothing is, you know, and again, with this Chicagoland might still be, you know, it might get torn down three to five years is a long time in modern mm-hmm. NASCAR. Um, but I, I like the idea that they have an actual plan for it. The track looks like it's been kept up well. And I'd be completely fine if she were the track president. Uh, if they did bring Chicagoland back after the street course runs its course, uh, no pun intended, uh, because 
if there's anyone because that, that that track as it is now or as it was in 2019 would not last long term. It is it is a bare bones facility that needs massive upgrades. And, but hey, that's good news. It's not dead. We, it's not dead, man. We don't have it written down here, but if I recall, I saw a report that she's considering or they're considering capping the daily attendance for the Chicago street race at like something pretty low. It was I think it was 50 or 60,000 a day, really? uh, which was surprising because I feel I, I don't know. I, I know F1 for Miami this year is capping it at like 80,000 a day, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken on that. So um, like this isn't unheard of for a street race, but I guess I was you know, the three day average will still be well over 100, 150,000. But I guess I was hoping the number would be a little higher if you're going to go race in a downtown. The idea was to bring it to more people. And yes, more people will hear about it and know that it's happening. But if 60,000 a day are actually getting to watch it, I mean, that's basically a auto club crowd these days you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's not as big of a number boost as i was maybe presuming but if it makes means the event will go off smoothly you won't have horrible overcrowding or issues or anything like that like that's what's most important is is making sure the experience is actually enjoyable so i i again she seems to have everyone's respect so i'll trust she knows what she's doing I, and, and i'll need to find that report i i don't think i just made that up i'm pretty sure i saw that in a, a quote somewhere um but i'll dig around for a second yeah but danny i love the memes by the way thank you for the memes i love it so go check i, I just chat. i just sent a meme in our private chat I'll just <laughs> that. but yeah so that'll do it for uh this episode silly season news and now let's move on to eric's segment uh, favorite segment uh the picks uh the uh the nascar pick segment on the nascar <laughs> are, podcast i can are always tell to, when you guys look at the memes are we are we able to put that like at the end of the show just be uh, like this is chicagoland uh, not not right now just like at the, like at the end of I'll, the show. I'll do my best, sure, I'll do sure. my best. yeah but yeah we are we have now moved on to the pick segment on the nascar weekly podcast and let's go over this weekend's races. They are racing at Darlington to open up the Cup Series playoffs. But the first race of the uh, of the uh, weekend at Darlington is the Xfinity Series race. The sports clips, haircuts, help a hero 200. A total of 147 laps. The start time is 3 p.m. Eastern on USA slash MRN. The weather, um, mm, well... It looked good at first, but then all of a sudden I started reading more. <laughs> On Saturday, it's supposed to be 84 degrees, humid, with some, with thunderstorms, unfortunately an 80% chance of rain. The defending race winner is Noah Gregson. And then for the Cup Series race, the playoff opener um, is the Cookout Southern 500. Um, now, there is a very important rule change, as reported by Jeff Gluck earlier today. The damage vehicle policy has extended to 10 minutes effective immediately. So that's good. So like if if your if your favorite driver or playoff driver is in some sort of trouble, don't don't worry, they'll have a lot more time to fix it. Um, the total is 367 laps. Start time is 6 p.m. Eastern time on USA/MRN and ugh, why can't we have good weather, man? <laughs> so it's supposed to be 87 degrees on Sunday with showers and thunderstorms and an 88% chance of rain. Uh, Danny Hamlin is the defending race winner. Why Why can't we catch a break, man? It's always NASCAR. It can't be a NASCAR race without some rain, right? Uh, but before we move on to the, uh, to the uh, podcast pick points, let me go over the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast for this weekend at Darlington. Kyle Larson enters this weekend as the race favorite um, at plus 600. Tyler Reddick is plus 700. Chase Elliott and Joey Logano plus 800. And Denny Hamlin plus 900. As for the best of the rest, Martin Trex Jr. plus 1,000 along with Kyle Busch. Rush Chastain plus 1,200. Ryan Blaney plus 1,500. And Kevin Harvick. 
plus 2,000. As for the underdogs, Michael McDowell's supremacy lives on. The odds makers are uh, favoriting him a little bit at plus 3,000. He's uh, I know um, where it's at. Yeah. So that's over Austin Cedric at plus 5,000. Eric Jones, a former Southern 500 winner, is plus 6,000. Eric Amarola, plus 7,500. And Ty Gibbs rounds out the underdogs at plus 10,000. Now, going over the NASCAR Weekly Podcast fantasy pick points so far, the regular season has ended, and Trevor Sports 98 walks away as the overall season champion, overall regular season champion. But now we have those standings to worry about and the playoff ones. So we're going to have two different races going on for the uh, final 10 races. And rounding out the top five is Toyota Tough, 48 Nation, RPG Racing 2, and Jets 48 bumps out Ricky Spinhouse out of the top five. So good job to those guys. And um, spectacular job to Eric in the chat. And you guys are making this um, very entertaining uh, because at this point, the uh, bottom three are only battling for third. Um, but Eric, Danny's catching. Danny, yeah, my comeback story yeah, continues. He's catch, yeah, he's catching up a little bit. But uh, Eric, you are the points leader still at 451 total points. But chat, you are only minus eight out of the points lead. So you are there. You are this close. Just don't pick Eric Amarola again. And <laughs> you might have a shot. <laughs> but um, Danny B, you are P3 at minus 69. Nice. Nice. And uh, <laughs> since I picked Brad Kislowski and he was like the first one to DNF, I think, out of our picks, I am now minus 79 in fourth. But uh, Jarrett, you are right on my neck, bro, because you are only minus 81 in fifth. So I could be at the basement this weekend or I could be in P3. You never know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> But uh, it's pretty close, at least, amongst the top two. Um, but let's get right into it, bro. So um, let's start. Who is going to win the Xfinity Series race? Eric? Uh, it's between three. I think there's – and none of them are named Ty Gibbs. There's three obvious favorites. I don't even think it's that close. Can, can I just ask a quick question before we pick here? Sure. Who is driving – is there been an announcement? Who is driving the 88 for Junior Motorsport? Because it's on the entry list as TBA right so, now. So it was initially announced Kyle Larson, but then they withdrew that one. Now he's in the 17. To the 17. Okay. And they haven't announced anything. Okay. Like it might be pulled out altogether. I, I thought they said, did they not say Larson? No, Larson's he's in, in the 17. Car. Yeah, he's in they, the 17. Oh, you're, oh my bad. In, you're saying the 88 might be is, yeah, is pulled out. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But I, I thought you were saying they were going to pull the 17. Yeah. I was just trying um, to make sure that's not going to be like Chase Elliott or someone I need to know about. Yeah. I mean, Chase <sighs> Elliott was supposed to be in the Darlington Xfinity race earlier this year. I'm going, I'll go with the Xfinity regular. I'll go Noah Gregson. I think I'm going to. Yeah. Gregson is good at these tracks. We ride the high line. I want to go with Larson, but I'm going to go with Gregson instead. Hey, look, I am so far, but I'm so I'm basically out of the uh, championship battle. So Kyle Larson, why not? Well, and this is how I know that uh, we'll continue to fall further back because I also pick Kyle Larson. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm holding it. I'm holding that P4 spot. At least let's go. Let's go. Um, but as for the chat, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of sevens actually. Yeah, yeah been a lot of all guys. guys. Hey, he is pretty good here too. So don't mm, forget give that. Him all, give him all that guy or Dan. That that uh, makes it interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll give you. Um, I'll give you guys all guy. Yep, write it down, Jared. We'll give him just an all guy. So very Wrote interesting. That down. Very interesting uh, Xfinity series pick points. Unbelievable. And now moving on to the Cup Series portion of things, Eric. Who is going to suck this weekend at Darlington? 
I'm, I'll just go wild. I, I'm glad you remind me, Jarrett, of uh, Kyle Bush's um, recent struggles in this race at Darlington. I'll go Kyle Bush after he <laughs> rage quit last year. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. I think he was good to be in the playoffs. I wanted to do Daytona 500, but it's going to be a, a quick exit for him in this round. Mm. So, look, we have you know a total of 400 cars. Somebody's got to be the bottom of the barrel on, on that team. Right now, it's technically Alex Bowman, but I'm going to go with William Byron to suck this weekend. Hey, he's, he's been very inconsistent, too. I mean, so is Bowman, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know That's he a... did good. I know he did good here in the spring. Yeah, he did. Inconsistency is what scares me. So That's I'm fair. With, yeah, with, fair. Um, with uh, William Byron. I just want to preface this and say it's really funny that the chat. I see a bunch of Eric Amarola's. They're they're making sure they don't get screwed. So again. we'll do. So yeah, yeah, you guys. So the chat takes Eric Amarola. So we'll have, we have that established. He's gonna. Uh, but I'm also gonna go with the playoff guy, like you three. Except I'm going Ryan Blaney on this one. Mm. Right. This is uh this is historically a hard round for him, and yeah. I I famously predicted on this show on backseat drivers back in 2020 he would go out in that first round and it could very well happen again in this one because mm-hmm. this year like 2020 unlike last year he doesn't have those wins to protect him with a cushion yeah true that true that so now i've seen the underdog picks eric who is your underdog for this weekend chase briscoe I'm literally just making that up on the spot because <laughs> in my head i remember him racing hamlin for the win here yeah. last year or whenever it was uh yeah, Brisco. Nobody's th- talking about Briscoe. Most people have him out in the first round. Light him up, Briscoe. Go, go get you a top five. Don't wipe out going for the win this time, and 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 get people to stop talking for him, or maybe yeah. start talking, but in a good way about positive things, about the yeah. positive runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Daddy, daddy, who's gonna? Yeah, who's Squidward. Your what if I start? Um, kind of just because of how. Let me make sure on some how how far down he is in the playoffs. And I think this could be okay for him. I'm going to say Daniel Suarez is an underdog. I think don't count him out just yet. I think this could be kind of decent for him. Hey, we talked about this guy's run in uh, 2020. And look, he's made the uh, round of 12, you know, two times in his um, NASCAR Cup Series career. Austin Dillon just got in the playoffs. And hey, he might shock us with a uh, top five finish this weekend. Hey, we've seen it before. Why not again? See, here I was all worried that, man, I'm picking a playoff guy as a dark horse. That might be like DQing my pick, but I don't think so at this point. But I'm going to go with the guy who was like a lap and a half away from winning here the last time we raced here, William Byron. He has not been that good ever since, uh, but he was damn good that day, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't as good as Joey Logano's front bumper. Yeah. Chats between Jones and Austin Dillon. I, I might give the edge to, to Jones, I think. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of 40, Go for 43. So I'll yeah, give him, yeah. Yeah. Eric Jones is the chat's underdog pick. And now, for the moments we've all been waiting for, who's going to win at Darlington? Who's going to win the Cup Series race at Darlington? Eric? Ooh, this has been a tough one. I've been thinking about this one earlier today. There's there are a number of ways I could go with it. I actually haven't made up my mind just yet, which is why I'm stalling for a second because uh, there's about two. I, I'm gonna drop the third one. So there's two guys I'm really torn between. You know what? I'm gonna go Kyle Larson. Oh, okay, solid pick. Not bad. Not bad. Danny. I had him highly in our championship predictions because there's a few tracks that I like for him 
This is one of them, Tyler Reddick. Mm. Yeah, solid pick, solid pick. So I am torn between either a Hendrick driver or a Penske driver. Mm, you know what? I'll play it. I'll play it safe here. I think Joey Logano sweeps the Southern 500, sweeps Darlington this year, and he'll win the Southern 500 this year. Damn it. Now I know my pick is going to suck because I also have Logano. Oh, <laughs> no, man. Oh, man. Hey, at least I have that uh, uh, fourth place airtight at least for at least one more week, right? Don't nope. mean shit if you fall further back. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be last at least, man. At least don't put me last. You will. You we'll will. See. We'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah. So, Chat is all over the place. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Elliot, Hamlin. I might have to do it more. So I, I was oh, between man. I was between Chastain, Hamlin, and Larson. I I, I dropped Chastain because I thought about what you said earlier, Jared, that he has struggled a little bit more recently. He doesn't seem to quite be a top five driver right now. He seems to be more like an eighth place guy. Um, and then I dropped Hamlin because of the injury concern. So that's why I ended up settling on Kyle Larson. Um, so as far as the chat's concerned, who do you think I should put in for a poll? Hamlin? Um, Elliot? Hamlin, Elliot. I think you put uh, Elliot. Okay. Maybe, maybe maybe Chastain. Ready? I see. A, I just saw three ones go by. I also just saw three fours go by. Oh my god! <laughs> so uh, y'all got y'all got to get organized. Somebody, where's they where's a um, ton of one to nine? Where's that Spencer? Um, like fifty three eighty eight yeah. or whatever, isn't it? Fifty four seventy eight. We get get the chat organized. He's always how, rallying the tr- troops. Well, how about I put the one, the nine, and the eleven? How about that? Sure. Okay. I haven't seen the eleven near as much as the other two. Oh yeah, yeah. actually, I, I haven't seen the eleven as much. I'd put yeah, Harvick in there and said I'd say one yeah. nine and four. Okay, one yeah. four and nine. Okay, all right, sounds good. So I will. No uh, one nine and four. No I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just arguing semantics. What area code is that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I will put that poll up and uh, chat. Go ahead and vote on that one. Let's see. They should pick. I'm gonna look up nine one four area code and whoever's hometown that's closest to of those three drivers should be their pick. Yeah, they should definitely. Uh, Westchester County, New York. Ah, Chastain's so... from Florida. Harvick's from California. He's out. Yeah. No, it'd be uh, Elliot. He's from Georgia. He's from and Georgia. Chastain's mm-hmm. from Florida. Yep. So mm-hmm. Chase Elliott should be your pick. Chat. Make it happen. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that that would have been their pick. <laughs> yep. So while the chat decides who they're gonna pick for their podcast pick this weekend to try and catch up to Eric, I will read the rest of your guys' lovely super chats again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Um, need for Speed fifty three fifty three. Thank you so much for the two hour super chat. Praise Ty Dillon, and he has the Ty Dillon forty two as his profile pick. Um, but I thought he said he was a fan of another driver earlier. I could be wrong, but hey, he says praise Ty Dillon, so he's a Ty Dillon fan. Um, um, Mephire, uh, with the, um, with the two-hour super chat, uh, need to go back to the 2000s package, uh, for more spread out racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a lot safer, too, as well. Um, now, some of those races, when there were no cautions, they can get dragged out sometimes, but... Hey, that's racing. That's racing for you. And then Melon Smasher won with the $5 Super Chat. Hey, boys, I now believe Austin Dillon is now a wizard after dodging that wreck. Yeah, he just went all the way to the apron and just sat there, just kept rolling, and he was P1 all of a sudden. And then Mafire with the uh, with another $2 Super Chat. Larson is the favorite, tied for most wins, and best at Hendrick Motorsports. Wow, he says he's the he says Larson is the uh, the favorite of Hendrick. Motorsport. I don't know. That's the favorite. That it's to Elliot. Yeah, I, I got I have to give it to Elliot too. I got to be honest with you there, but uh, yeah, we'll see um, how it turns out in the playoffs. 
Bruce Morgan, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Costly for Reddick to help Dylan. Um, ooh, lost playoff points and now shares RCR playoff car resources. Contrast to Larson. Um, now who now who would I prefer? Um, um, or excuse me, who I would prefer as a teammate? Hmm. Interesting. I, I guess maybe being a team player um, might not help out Reddick in the playoffs. Maybe my, I, I don't know. But hey, you being a team player though, hey, can't ask for more by than the, that. By the way, I'd I'd go ahead and shut down that poll. Looks like Elliot's got that. Oh, Elliot's got it. Oh, what a shocker! There's a shocker. All right, my pick Larson's gonna knock your pick out of the way at the end. <laughs> Calling it now, chat. <laughs> yep, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then Kevin Stallman with the $5 super chat. I get that 2311 racing needs someone to help with the owner's championship, but did Bubba Wallace really have to switch car numbers to make this work? It's NASCAR's rules. Yeah, it's yeah. NASCAR's rules. So, hey, they're just going by the rule book. So. And I guess in their eyes, it helps. Bubble, out. he'll be back in the twenty-three next year. I mean, it's like basically guaranteed. Like yeah. I'll be shocked. Yeah, he just signed an extension. Yeah, no way, no way. And then, <clears throat> no way he moves um, anywhere else. Don't burn your twenty-three merch yet. It's fine. <laughs> Enter Doss with the five-dollar super chat. Don't blame NASCAR. Kiss my bleep. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. We got hit on. They, whoa. Hold on, hold on. They created playoffs, allowed aggressive and stupid racing. Um, had a lap to throw the yellow um, when it was clearly raining, and that's it. Whoa, he was he was cussing us. I, I mean, the first two are relevant, but not directly to this situation. And the last Ooh. one it doesn't. It's inconclusive. They didn't have a full lap. They had maybe a straightaway and a half at yeah. most. Who is this? Who is this? Anter Das. That was Anter Das. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's being wow. honest. He's- Telling it like he sees it, I guess. Uh, Groovy Goose with the $5 super chat. Um, When it's not a, um, excuse me, when it's not a road course race, NASCAR should do their due diligence uh, when it comes to rain. Uh, Could they not see, um, excuse me, could they not see the storm rolling in on turn one? They pushed it a little. That's definitely true, potentially. Yeah, they they definitely pushed the envelope a little bit for sure. Um, Alex with the $5 super chat. Uh, Blaney staying out briefly after wrecking um, at the 600 saved his season. Ooh, passing three plus DNF cars might explain his three point cushion after Daytona. Ooh, hey, every point matters still uh, to an extent, but every point matters, man. Hey, hey, passing those three cars, they helped him out in the end. Yeah, good point. Uh, Chewy with the two hour super chat. I'm still pissed Busher lost the win from rain. Aww. Hey, he's I, running good. He's running I don't good. know if he was going to win the race, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's he's a busher old assumption. Oh, let's say he had a shot. He had a good shot. Groovy Goose with the two-hour super chat. McDowell living up to his name mid. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. And he has a he has a, um he has um uh, Michael McDowell's name as Michael Mid Dow. Wow. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, he's calling you out, Jared. Wait, hold Jared back. Yeah, hold him back he, through the screen. <laughs> he will prove you wrong through his supremacy. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Adcock with the $5 super chat. I've been playing F1 Manager 2022, and if we could get a NASCAR game like that, I would be happy. You know, we did have a um a uh, an old NASCAR game on the phone called NASCAR Manager. It is no longer on the App Store, but since I have it downloaded, I can just go back in my history and just re-download it whenever I want. It's based off of the 2015 season, I believe, so that was the closest thing NASCAR had to a manager game. But if they can update that game... Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'll definitely play that again. 
R26 with the um thank you so much with the um for the uh, two hour super chat. Uh preseason LF uh, excuse me, preseason NFL is a local affiliate call, not NBC's. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had yeah, well, they, 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 I yeah, no, it's definitely a local call, but I feel mm-hmm. like they all kind of talk to each other a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and then two penny puppet, love that name. Thanks so much for the five dollar super chat. When they know rain is coming, why don't they require all the cars uh, switch to rain tires under a green flag? Well, some of these places you can't race in the rain. Daytona, you it, it wouldn't work. You wouldn't have enough speed to stay up in those um, high bank turns. So it will work on some road courses, definitely, but definitely not on super speedways. Uh, PTM Billy with the five dollar super chat. I was in turn one, and it started raining while they were on the backstretch. So man, we have another guy who says it was uh, it was raining long before NASCAR thought it um, said it was. Uh, Ross, <laughs> love this name, Ross Crashstain. Thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. Um, and he has this in like the whole meme thing. He says, "But but yeah, the vortex theory keeps keeps the uh, the track dry." <laughs> Yeah, some people still believe in the vortex theory. I believe sure. just because it's harmless to believe in it. Like, I don't understand why people get so angry about it. <laughs> I believe. I believe. Dusty with the two-hour super chat. Kyle was right. Dot 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 dot. Uh, cars come from Walmart. Oh, <laughs> mm. yeah, more guys just keep slamming it. And then uh, Kevin Stallman with another two-hour super chat. Chase Elliott um, has to make the final four this year. Hey, if he's having this good of a season. Yeah, anything less than a Final Four appearance is definitely a disappointment. I agree. And then um, Adam Sorensen with the $5 Super Chat. If you look at the top 16 in points, um, only two didn't make it in. And Dylan, um, you know, the last winners, finished 19th, only three positions out. Hashtag stop the win, um, stop the win and you're in hate. Okay, so basically his point is that you know, there were only two guys, um, or excuse me, that, you know, out of the top 16, only two didn't make it in. Okay. Yeah. Right. I've hated winning your in long before yeah, this year. Yeah, trust me. We've hated this for a while. It's just my personal preference, but hey, if you're into it, hey, teach their own. Uh, Napa Racing Fan 927, thanks you so much for the $5 Super Chat. My championship for uh, the 5, the 8, the 9, the 12. Larson, um, Larson wins Vegas. Reddick wins Miami. Elliott wins Martinsville. Blaney wins zero races. And makes it in on points. Thoughts? Very bold. Very bold playoff prediction. But hey, it's the playoffs. So you never know what could happen. So yeah. We'll see how it uh, turns out. Um, Andrew Mayer with the $2 Super Chat. The wrong Bass Pro Shops driver made the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> hey, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, they had to be feeling some type of way. Good news. Your other um, the three car made it in. Bad news. The 19 didn't make it in. So yeah. I see what you mean there. Uh, Nate, um, Nate Lovett with the $5 super chat. Uh, Mother Nature told Austin Dillon to get through that, McQueen. Yeah, yeah he did. And then, <laughs> and then why did he, oh, why did, why did he change his fire suit? I might have Because didn't he, didn't he slide through the mud? <laughs> I, I thought know. I saw him slide through the mud and I thought maybe that got him like all dirty and soggy uh, and gross. No, well, <laughs> he was, he was sitting for like an hour in the, in the, media oh, center now maybe yeah okay actually no that was right he changed it before they went back green that's what you're saying yeah I don't know. why did he do that like did know. he have like a 2004 tony stewart yeah. incident did, he, or? did you soil yourself austin soiled it soiled it soiled it oh man and then jake with the five dollar super chat <clears throat> 
excuse me, since the Xfinity Series runs uh, older Cup um, Cup Series bodies, um, how long until they run the old Gen 6 bodies, or if they do at all? Maybe a couple of years? Maybe. Hopefully never. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree with that. But yeah, but I, I like what, the, the, what, the, what they have now is awesome. I like the current setup. Yeah, I agree. And the need for speed with another two-hour super chat, Ty Dillon's supremacy. Well, not as popular as uh, Michael McDowell's <laughs> supremacy, but hey, it's a, it's a different type. So if you want to go over there, yeah, feel free. There can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Crash the Hedgehog 91 with the $5 super chat. Just imagine if front row turns into the next furniture row. Hey, you, they are setting up the building blocks for it to potentially happen now we um, only take twice as long yeah we is just it, we just have is to, that a good thing though like, yeah that's what i'm just... saying we just have to hope we just have to hope joe gibbs racing doesn't run um just, you know run them out of business so. if toyota just, knocks on your door just run just, don't just get just get mcdowell the championship he deserves <laughs> Then Groovy Goose with the two-hour super chat. We are almost done with super chats, by the way. Thank you guys so much. Uh, but Groovy Goose with the two-hour super chat. Um, KFB acting like a normal person is unsettling. <laughs> yeah, he he seemed very pleasant in he's a lot of his chill. interviews. This yeah, weekend. he's chilling, yeah. I guess. You know, so yeah. So the real Kyle Bush. Yeah, the real Kyle Bush, basically. <laughs> oh man. And then Jacob Howe with the two-hour super chat. Uh, KFB to Rick Ware Racing after Daytona confirmed. I had tweeted out a meme of that. I, that's not going to happen, but that'd be crazy if it did, though. <laughs> and then Ross Crash Dane with the two-hour super chat. Um, do a new pick on who I'm going to spin. <laughs> a new segment in the pick points and the pick segment. Uh, who's Crash uh, Dane going to spin? <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't get me. That should get me like that. Yeah. All right. We have a few more super chats. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging in there. Uh, Ryan with the five dollar super chat. Uh, hashtag twenty four for the win. Uh, so he thinks uh, William Byron's going to get the W. We'll see. We'll see. And then um, new. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say that whole name. I don't want to botch it. So I'll just say new. New with the two dollar <laughs> super chat. Uh, Larson has more wins than Elliot. Yet not the uh, the favorite. That's wild. Wait, hold on. Oh, because someone was saying that Lars Elliot Larson's the favorite over Elliot at Hendrick and best at Hendrick, and we're saying, whoa, what about Elliot? And I think he's supporting us. Oh, okay, because okay. Kyle, Kyle Larson does have more career wins than Elliot. Oh, oh is he talking about he? career wins, oh. or is he talking about? I I, I mean, so, I, he's I assume that's what he means. Yeah. I thought he, he meant season two win. years. Yeah. Oh, did he say last two years? Maybe I don't the last know what two he means. Years. I mean, he didn't clarify it, so I'm just gonna assume the last two years because obviously this year he doesn't. Um, Elliot has four. Larson has two. Um, but yeah, hey, look, we're not totally counting out Kyle Larson, but hey, the regular season standings. Hey, Elliot's um, he has that huge gap for a reason. Nova <laughs> Stone twelve with the two hour super chat. JGR has more reasons to hate Ross due to Dover. Oh yeah, because that did that. affect in the long run. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Ooh. And then M and then N Martin for life. Thank you so much for the five dollar super chat. This season is crazy. <laughs> this season is crazy. So watch Chase Elliott miss the final four. That would be insane. After the season, he could. I, I even even Elliott's not as far ahead as guys like Larson no. and Hamlin have been in recent or Harvick in recent years. So well, it's possible. Real quick. Real quick, shout out to Penske Master Plan in the chat. Tricks didn't even make the war. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately. And then. Couldn't um, even enlist. Didn't get drafted. <laughs> and then NS Speed 5 with the two hour super chat. It would be nice to see Harvick get a W here. Smiley face. Yeah, it would be. It would be nice. 
Mm. And then Jupiter Rain with the two hour super chat. Why can't Larson fans math? Four wins <laughs> isn't more than two wins. That's how they talk about this. Saw, so I think you saw that other super chat. I just don't know. They talk about this year. They talk well, about forever. Yeah, eighteen is more than seventeen. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tad bit more, but it's still more. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and then a couple more super chats. Uh, Napa Racing Fan nine twenty seven. Thank you so much for the two hour super chat. Uh, even Kentucky. Uh, was better than current Texas. We we didn't even talk about Texas. I don't think. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah. What the fuck is this? Whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Oh, look look what I started, Eric. I'm this, sorry. This, we didn't even talk this about is Texas. Targeted harassment. This is why they're blowing it up. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> and then the final super chat of the night from Ross Crash Dane with another two-hour super chat. <clears throat> Austin Dillon found the secret tunnel. No, it's secret tunnel. Oh, secret tunnel. Oh, see, I don't get that reference. There Come you go. On. There you go. It's Avatar Last Airbender. Got to save that oh, for more on Jarrett's channel chat. See, my little brother would In know the more mountains. about that stuff. There you go. Secret, secret, secret tunnel. Yeah. What a yeah. song. But yeah. It's a beautiful one. Hey, what a song. Artistry is dead. Hey, not only what a song, but what a show tonight. That'll do it for That's another fun. edition of Oof. the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Sorry we went over two hours, guys, but hey, we had a lot of opinions, and hey, just let it, I just I just wanted to uh, let the show flow tonight. <laughs> so uh, really appreciate it. Um, we had basically consistently over 500 people watching, so really appreciate you guys tuning in. Where are we at next week? Whose channel? Yeah, Danny, so- are you hosting? I'm just about to get to that. So next week, you can join us on Wednesday night, September 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on, as a matter of fact, Danny B's channel. So Danny, oh, yeah. get ready. It'll be a special uh, two days before my yeah. birthday stream. Happy oh, birthday. that's right. Ooh. Happy early birthday. And we will be going Gosh, over. Gosh, I'll, I'll be the old man. I'll be 27. That's right. Old. Well, well, yeah, we're, we're only a few years back. Don't worry. You're not too, too old, Danny. Don't worry. What's the future like, Danny? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. It's yeah. slowing. <laughs> it slows down. <laughs> but yes, eventually, eventually, gas gets back down to two dollars. Oh, <laughs> I hope. Okay, now you're lying. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> now you're, you're just pulling our leg there. But yeah, tune in next week, uh, September seventh at eight p.m. Eastern time, over on Danny B Talks channel. Uh, we will be going over all the events of Darlington and preview the Kansas weekend. Well, fellas. That'll do it. Um, do we want to do a Dale call? I don't know. I just yeah. every time we he, try it, he just, finished just, third. We have to do have Dale him call. go. Have him go, Derek. Just go a little further back from the mic. Maybe it'll last like a second longer. There you go. Okay, I'm, I'm taking my headphones off. We'll see. Now we can All make right. fun of him. All right, let's see. Good thing I wore pants today. Sometimes I do the show without pants. Just a heads up. TMI. <laughs> go for it. Dang it. Dang we it. heard a little we bit. We heard a little bit of it. It's all good. Thank you he guys. Just needs so- to walk. Oh, good. He needs to walk. He needs to walk out the door yeah. next time. Yeah. But anyways, thank you guys so much for watching tonight. Uh, this is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. That was a joke. I do usually wear pants. Usually, I mean, not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always I wear pants. Goodbye.
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.